Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Okay, welcome to Sporty, number 45. I am Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. 45. Isn't it John the Spider Sally? Uh, isn't it? Wait a minute. Is Frank Thomas 45? I don't know. The only one I could think of was Michael Jordan right off the top of my head. Yeah, his alternate number. Oh, that's true. But come so. on, the man already had 23, but, you know, he's Michael Jordan. So, yeah, whatever. He's we'll the fucking goat, dude. <laughs> that's true. Don't tell it to LeBron or Kobe. But anyway, let's see. All right, so we're we're kind of in uh, I can't say a lull because there's a lot of stuff going on. But our little pre-show chat, not, not a lot of huge sports stories this week. I mean, we could start with what? Maybe the NBA playoffs started. That's, me, that's probably the biggest thing that's happened since, the, uh, last, since last we got together. Um. Yeah, I know Cleveland ended up blowing it. Boston ended up uh, picking, being the number one seed in the East. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe LeBron didn't get his help. What's going on? Have either of you guys been watching any of the playoffs? I, I mean, I know Rich. But that's that's yeah. probably a hard no. <laughs> Anything interesting so far? I mean, so far, yeah, what's the biggest headline of the playoffs is... What Isaiah's Thomas sister dying? That's about it. I mean, there hasn't been there. They're what maybe a week old at this point. Not even. 
Yeah, that and Chicago won that game. Really? An eight seed beating a one seed in game one, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I sound like I'm pulling. I'm, I'm trying to pull teeth here. Any Anything exciting going on in there? Did we just lead with a big old thud? I'm watching them. It's just no, nothing that's right. happened. Other than nothing Chicago beat Boston. All right. Well, that's the we led with that. Is Chicago Boston. Come on, LeBron. Can't have a temper tantrum yet? Or is he waiting? Is he, wait, is he waiting for a couple weeks in that the refs get on his bad side? But what is, right, so, what is the old, no, no, what is the old piece? Well, wait. Go ahead, Earl. Go ahead, man. Oh, uh, no, he, he's winning. I, you know, at the end of this uh, season, this pre uh, postseason, uh, I think LeBron's going to be like, oh, it's all part of a plan to lose number one seed so we can go against the easier teams and blah, blah, blah. Because he's, he's blowing out Indy. The game's on right now as we're recording, and he's blowing him out second game as well. So he has really nothing to pitch about. Yet. Yeah, but isn't the old cliche in the NBA that it, it's not as serious until someone loses a home game? I mean, if everybody has won that's supposed to won yep. at home, then, I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, NBA, but if your product's that predictable, eh, I don't really see why anyone would wonder why we're sitting here going, what is there to talk about? I mean, if you can almost guarantee a home team is going to win because simply they're the home team, what the fuck's the point in watching that? So I don't, I don't know. I'm the wrong person. I just right. not, not, not a fan. Gee, you oh, yeah, could have fooled me. You're rich. You could have fooled me. There is, you know, good games out there. It's just not that one. Um, obviously, Golden State killing Portland's not a good game. The Utah and the LA Clippers was a good game. Utah won that one though. That's five seed beating a four seed. So, oh, oh, well, I guess oh, 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 oh! You know what we should talk about? The MVP yeah, right over there. The no, the MVP of the league. Harden versus uh, Westbrook was already happened first game. Oh, really? Yeah, and Harden smoked well, I mean- Westbrook like a Philly. Yeah, but is there, so Harden's up for the MVP now. I know he put Houston on his back yeah. this year, but I mean, really, is is there anyone else but Westbrook who gets it? Oh, there's plenty of talk about a lot of people getting it. Uh, LeBron obviously is is up. Uh, Westbrook, Harden, Curry, uh, that kid down in uh, San Antonio. I can't even pronounce his name, but it's Leonard. Something I mean, you heard Leonard. Westbrook's name all year. You've heard Westbrook's name all year. You didn't start hearing Harden's name the last month, so. I feel you on that, but here's your argument against Westbrook. Yeah, he's averaged a triple-double. Woo-hoo. His team was, what, fourth? They finished fourth, I think? No, sixth. They finished sixth. So, good job, Westbrook, for averaging a triple-double, but your team suffered. Well, aren't you the guy that always talks about it takes more than one guy to win a game? I mean, is it? Isn't MVP supposed to be the person who had the most impact, period? I mean, look at his look at his numbers. No one else put up the numbers he did this year. That's true, but also look at his team numbers. Okay, you have to have an impact that helps your team, boss. Harden had an impact that helped his team. LeBron James had an impact that helped his team. Curry helped his team. The, uh, Leonard, 
Kawhi Leonard or whatever the fuck his name is, helped his team. Westbrook just averaged a triple-double. His team didn't get any fallback from it at all. Well, he can't, he, there's five positions on the floor. He can't play the, He can't play all five of them. He can only play one. Well, that's the big debate in the news right now. That is the biggest story out of the regular season going into the postseason. Was one, why the fuck are they waiting two months after the regular season to announce the MVP? That's stupid. And second, who is it going to be? Obviously, Westbrook's one in the tops of the list, but does personal achievement make it make you the MVP? Because if they if they announce it two months after that, the playoffs have already started and, and ran. Now you're you're saying that you know play in the in the playoffs, maybe sway in how who votes for the MVP. So even though Westbrook averaged a triple double during the regular season, and he might have gotten it. He just got his ass kicked by by another guy who was up for it, and that's James Harden. But don't they do that in baseball, though? Don't they not give away the Cy Young and MVP and all that till after the World Series? Yep. What's the, what's the big deal? I think, I mean, I would hope that whoever has a vote understands that MVP of the regular season has nothing to do with MVP in the postseason. I mean, and I would hope they would vote accordingly. I don't know. I mean, I do know that the argument between someone who has great personal achievement on a mediocre team, should they get the MVP nod over someone who actually put their team on their back and carried them? That's an old argument. Um, I mean, I can, I can see it both ways at times. I mean, if, if there's a, a guy who just played out of his mind on a shit team and he drug them just by his play alone into the playoffs – I mean, you can make a pretty solid argument for him to get the MVP, you know. But then again, if you have a guy who's just literally the only player on his team who's just like, climb on my back and let's go, and he's just surrounded by support players. I mean, I I tend to think of, like, some of those teams like late 90s, early 2000 uh, 76ers, you know, where it was, (laughs) you know who you had to stop. You know who who was, you know was going to cross you over and fucking break your ankles on the way to the fucking hole. I mean, there was no question about that. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, MVP of the league should mean the best player in the league for that season, period. Teams have individual MVPs. Let them, if, if a guy carried his team, put a team on his back, let him get an MVP from his team. He's the team MVP. Okay, cool, whatever, you know. I mean, MVP isn't hey, I got us into the playoffs or whatever, MVP is the most outstanding performance by a single player in that season. I mean, let's, okay, case in point, uh, back in the days of Barry. Barry ran for over 2,000 yards and the Lions missed the playoffs. Would you consider him at least in the talking for an MVP candidate? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Some people wouldn't, though. They go, he didn't make the playoffs. Well, that's, this isn't a team award. This isn't, you know, what he did with the team. This is outstanding single performance by a single player throughout the season. So, I mean, I don't know. To, to me, that's, that's, that's where, I could, where I could see both sides of the argument. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the discussion ends is, you know, who had the most outstanding season in the league. Now, you can argue... I guess over a few different people, 
but ultimately, you know, that's that's who I'm that's who I'm thinning the herd, thinning from the herd to pull them aside and go, okay, now this is this is the group we're choosing from. But I mean, it's it's sports, and ultimately, I mean, how many times have we talked about it? Guys like T.O., guys like Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, even if he didn't have the cloud of steroids hanging over his head, probably would have never been a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is based on his attitude towards reporters. And those are the people that are voting. So I'm more politics involved in something that should be fairly black and white. But there you go. Yeah, I think you're hard-pressed to argue against Westbrook this season, quite honestly. Whether or not OKC's in the playoffs, I mean, he had a special season. I, I don't think... Oh, to, to me, it's pretty open and shut. It was kind of like the year when Steph Curry won. I mean, how do you give it to somebody else with the season they had? But I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of Houston fans will take issue with me. I, I don't know, man. I, I have to. I'm kind of siding with Harden. This this boils down to two people. This is either Harden or Westbrook. You know, like I said, James, Curry, uh, Leonard, they're all in it. But they all got great fucking all-stars on their team. So you can't say that one of them is, you know, the all-star, the, the MVP, excuse me, because they have great all-stars on their team with them. Harden and Westbrook really don't. They're pretty much it. And I can appreciate the season that Westbrook had. I can. But that being said, it didn't translate to wins for his team. They won 47 games, or yeah, 47 games, I think. And Houston won 55, I think. Yeah, that's right. So you're telling me eight wins separate MVP from no MVP for you? Eight wins separates uh, sixth and third place in the division, yeah. Yeah, but Westbrook will be in the record bro- record books record books after this season, Harden. Not, unless, the, unless the Rockets go deep into the playoffs and actually get a title, eh, not so much. It'll just be like, hey, remember that, that season however, win? However, and this is what pisses me off about not announcing it before the playoffs, Harden whipped Westbrook's ass the first game. So? I'm sure on any given day, anybody up for MVP could whoop anybody's ass. Whoops. I mean, it's it ain't a one-on-one competition. It's about what you did over the 82 games. Well, that's for me, that's one of the two. It's either Harden or Westbrook. I would choose Harden. They probably will choose Westbrook. We'll see what happens. Right. I, I, I know Kai, I can't even say his name. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. He's young. He's He's got great games, but he has a great supporting cast. Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, you know, and I mean, there's so many other people on that team. He's got an old supporting cast. <laughs> yeah, but support nonetheless. All right, well, on from the... Ho-hum NBA playoffs to playoffs where shit's actually happening and apparently not happening the way any of us thought it was going to go. Let's talk about the NHL playoffs. Well, I guess we could start out in the West with a matchup that's not going there. definitely the way I saw it. Uh, you got Nashville leading Chicago 2-0. And uh, Chicago's yet to score. So that's that's quite a... Quite a big problem for a team that is loaded with guys that they should not be having this problem. Rich, let um, me ask you: Is Rene that good? Rene? Is that it? Rene? I I don't think so. I think this is one of those cases where 
you have a guy who's getting hot at the right time. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> the right fucking guy, dude. Your goaltender is that hot. <laughs> right guy. Dude, Shiger, 2003 Ducks. That's all I got to say. I mean, he, they wouldn't have made it to the Touché. finals. They wouldn't have made it to game seven if it wasn't for him. That's Touché. how come he won the Calder Trophy and his team lost the cup that year. And, that, and by the way, that playoff run is what made Mike Babcock the coach he is. Because no one was giving a fuck about him before that. So, um, I, and it happens, it, ha- it seems like it happens every playoff. There's a, there's a goaltender that gets hot and comes out of nowhere and steals a series he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have done, shouldn't have stole. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going on in Chicago. I really don't. I don't know if this is, I mean, they've won three cups since 2010. I don't know if this is playoff burnout. Um, I mean, as we're recording, we're recording on Monday for the listeners. And if this gets posted Thursday, a lot of what we're going to say is we're going to, you know, we're talking in the future of games that have already been played or are being played the day this is posted. So might be a little strange for you, but just to give you guys a heads up of the, the timing of when we're talking about this, because Nashville and Chicago are playing tonight. And as of right now, I, I, I don't have a, an update on the score, but I mean, Chicago. I don't. I don't see any reason why they have no points. None. I mean, that is ridiculous. You know, you got Patrick Kane. You got Taves. You got. You got guys that are beast, man. I mean, there's no reason for it. With all the talent Chicago has, I, I don't understand it. And if I was, like I said, I I don't know when we cut out here. We had a little technical issue. If I was on that team, but I wasn't one of the. You know, I wasn't Kane, I wasn't Taves. I would go, hey, look, uh, one of you guys that get paid the big bucks and, you know, wear the, the C or the A on your fucking jersey, uh, you want to step up and fucking do something here? I mean, this is this what, this is what leaders are supposed to do. You know, when shit hits the fan, they step up and calm everybody down, keep everybody focused or refocus everybody. And, I mean, I unfortunately, I haven't seen a lot of that series. I haven't like seen a whole game, so I can I, I haven't seen how the game's flowing for the teams. I've only seen highlights, which is, I mean, it's good to give you goals and everything. But I mean, there could be there's been teams that have played out of their mind that have ended up losing on a fluke goal. I mean, so I don't know if that's the case. What's going? On. I, I I I just don't know because I haven't had a chance to check out that series in in de- in, in any detail. But it's it's left me shaking my head. And I know that <clears throat> I know that uh, around the hockey world, you have a lot of people going, you know, oh, well, all these people pick Chicago to beat Nashville or pick, you know, Chicago to sweep Nashville. But now it looks like Nashville's on its way to sweeping Chicago, which I think would you'd have to argue would probably be the biggest upset coming out of the first round. So yeah, I don't, I don't think the NHL wants Nashville to go very far. Not exactly a huge market media wise. No, but from the Wings being in the Western Conference with Nashville for the years they were and, and meeting them in the playoffs a few times, Nashville Nashville seems like one of them towns that when the playoffs roll around, they, they, they pick up the intensity. The fan base picks up the intensity. I don't know how big of a fan base they have, but, I mean, if, if they have, you know, 
50,000 fans and 20,000 of them are at the arena, you know, on TV, it's going to look like, holy shit, these fans are out of control. You know, what they don't, what, what you don't see if you don't live in Detroit is that during playoff games, especially if it, if they're in the finals and it could be a closeout game, is that they have Joe vision where people pay to go sit in the Joe if the game's not at the Joe and watch the game on the fucking, on the screens at the, at, at Joe Louis Arena. And if the game is in town, you have everybody who is, I guarantee you, at a sold-out Joe Louis Arena. Plus, I think in 2002, it was in a couple hundred thousands of people that just went downtown to be downtown when Detroit won. I'm not saying Nashville has a fan base like that, but, I mean, it seems like the, the, the ones I see, I've seen over the years when they're in the playoffs, they're fairly rabid. So, you know, who knows? And... It might not be, it might not, you know, at this point, dude, Chicago's won three of the last, you know, three of the last, what, six cups, you know, well, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, six, three of the last seven. Might not be a bad thing if Chicago doesn't get to the finals, get some new blood in there, might bring in some new viewers for the NHL. I mean, of course, I'll say this now and, and, and let this, let it be known, this is just coloring the entire fucking NHL talk for me. I feel sorry for anyone just now getting into the NHL, but because <laughs> it's not the game that I grew up on. But uh, you know, hey, whatever for them, I'm sure they're happy to have more viewers. Um, it's like they're getting into rock music in the late '90s. I know, right? Oh, like, you, you heard this Nickelback band? They're pretty good. <laughs> uh, now, as far as the uh, the other series that's got me kind of scratching my head is. St. Louis pretty much taking it to Minnesota, man. It's 3-0 St. Louis on that one. Well, I don't know. Oh, what look at them the trying to shake their first-round fodder. Uh, monkey yeah, I, that we put on them. I, I don't know where the fuck that's coming from. I, I, unless my memory is Tarasenko. I guess, but, I mean, unless my memory serves me badly, I don't think I picked St. Louis to get out of the first round. I think I picked the Wild, so... I, I mean, picked St. Louis. Yeah, I, I think you picked St. Louis, but I mean, so if that's the case, right there, I'm batting 0 for two. If if yeah, this continues to, to to go the way it's it's looking, um, but I mean, once again, I'll say this: at least St. Louis was in the original expansion, and they've been around since I want to say '67. That was the expansion from the original six to the uh, I think it was 12 teams. Uh, yeah, they're the they're the NHL equivalent to the Lions. I thought that was the Leafs. Well, no, the Lions the are a charter member, charter member of the NFL, though. That's the, only, that's the only thing I would think would be different is the Blues aren't a charter member of the, of the, of the NHL. Um, but, I mean, they haven't won shit, so, yeah. I don't even think they've been to a I, – I, I, don't, I don't – if they've been to a cup final, I, I, it had to be in the 70s, and I just I – don't, I don't know about it because I wasn't alive. But I'm pretty sure they haven't even been to a cup final, so – in that way, the comparison holds up to the to the Lions. Which, by the way, later on, I do want to talk about their uh, the Lions' new uniforms. We'll get to that. But <laughs> all right. So, and then third, and coming out of the West is a series going pretty much the way I thought it would. Um, got Anaheim leading Calgary. <laughs> one of the one of the interesting things I heard, which you hear every playoff, no matter what. Usually more so with Canadian teams, though, is that uh, listening to 
the NHL station on Sirius, whatever that station is, uh, a bunch of Calgary fans called up and basically said the fix is in. The NHL doesn't want Calgary getting out of the first round. So that's why the officiating is going the Ducks way. And once again, this is not a series that I've I've seen, uh, you know, a complete game of, but I haven't really heard any complaints about the officiating coming out of that series besides Calgary fans calling being salty. Don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that or what. I mean, it just sounds like sour grapes to me. I haven't seen anything, but I mean, usually when the hat maybe. Well, just usually when you got a fan base doing that, to me, it usually seems like perhaps your team is sucking it up, and this is now you being proactive in the excuse department. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, there, there, are, look, there have been series that have ended, or maybe not ended on a blown call, but have been decided. The deciding game has happened on a call that was either missed or a phantom call. The one that sticks out in my mind the most is the game in the 2006 playoffs with the Oilers and the Red Wings where the Oilers scored the game-clinching and series-clinching goal against the Red Wings. They scored it off of a high stick. The Oilers player's stick was above the crossbar, and he batted it down on a deflected uh, slap shot towards the goalie. Which is supposed to that goal is supposed to be disallowed for high sticking right there, and the faceoff takes place outside of, in the, into the neutral zone. Um, that didn't happen. They didn't even review the goal, if I remember correctly. They just said the goal counted, and then that turned out to be the last goal that the Oilers needed to close out Detroit in that series on their run to the Cup Finals that year. So I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen anything come out of that series. Or heard anything about like that blatant of a fuck up on a call? So I don't know. I'm just wondering if you guys maybe have because I sure as fuck haven't. So I, I've watched uh, thanks to NBC. Just if they could do it during the regular season, that'd be great. I could watch the playoffs now. Um, I watched the uh, St. Louis Blues and uh, Minnesota game, and Minnesota was awarded a five on three because a guy checked a guy into the boards. And he knocked him down, and he was getting up. And as he was getting up, his elbow touched the other player, and immediately he was called for elbowing. Like he was just getting off the ice. He didn't like hiya and throw a fucking elbow to his jaw or anything. He just was standing up. Yeah, see that? Yeah, you you touched on something that I wanted to get to, but I mean. Uh, let's finish up with the the Western Conference, and we'll get to the what you just brought up. In a more broad sense. Um, yeah, the last matchup is Edmonton and the Sharks. And I had the Sharks beating Edmonton. And it looks like the fucking the Fisher-Price starter team out there in, in, in Edmonton's actually decided that it's going to be a series. And like I told you guys in the private chat, I'm watching the first game of that series. I was like, did no one tell Edmonton that this 2017, not 1987. Playoff hockey, baby. Coming out NHL now. I mean, they were coming out fucking throwing their bodies around like, you know, it it was, it was a misfits concert circa 79, you know, at Max's Kansas city for fuck's sake. I mean, it was insanity watching that. I was like, holy shit. That's the pace. See, that's the pace hockey needs to, 
to have every game. And I realize it's not going to happen every game, but sadly, you don't see that pace most of the season anymore. Whereas, and here's proof right here. Here's a team that, yeah, they're a young team. Yeah, they probably had jitters and they had a lot of nervous energy, but they focused it and they came out. And they were playing a physical game against an, an older, and in some circles, you know, people think uh, more savvy, and, and definitely they feel that they out. I've heard this multiple times over the last week, that San Jose's players outclass Edmonton's players. I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know why the fuck all of a sudden that's a, that's a, a stat that matters to anybody. I mean, I, I could probably hit up Oakland County Correctional facility, grab 22 random guys, and they'll outclass any team that, that the Dallas Cowboys put on the field that won a fucking Super Bowl in the 90s. I don't know what the fuck that means. Nothing to me. So, Hey, Rich. Huh? Quick breaking news. Ottawa just beat the Bruins in overtime. Okay, so that's what? Ottawa's two up on two to one for the Bruins? Yep. Um, your favorite person was at the game. The commissioner. Oh well, this is this is what we call on. An, this is what's called on another part uh, podcast is like partial scores. And by the time people <laughs> listen to it, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, that was fucking three days ago. We know who fucking won that game." So it's really kind of hard to do breaking news on a on a, a podcast that's delayed two days <laughs> before it's posted. But anyways, um, yeah, I gotta say I'm I'm shocked by uh, Edmonton's play, and if they actually get past the Sharks. I mean, it's very interesting for me because for the first time in most of my adult life, I don't have a team I'm rooting for right out the get. And watching hockey without my team being in it is a completely different experience in the playoffs because I, I you haven't I don't, had to do it in 25 years. <laughs> exactly, like you know, I, I I automatically know who I want to win and 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 who I want to lose because who I want to see in the next round and this and that, you know. And it's not the case now. Now I can just sit back and take in the you know, the game, and I don't have any favorites in there. I mean, I I guess part of me has kind of a, a an underdog rooting interest in Edmonton, even though I picked against them, because they are such a young team. And I personally think that mm, for all the for all the hype that, that Crosby had coming into the league, I think, you know, whether he deserved it or not, I mean guys like Connor McDavid have been yeah, they've been hyped, but they haven't been hyped anywhere near Crosby levels. And, I, you know, all I can say to that is if he wasn't playing on Edmonton, we'd probably know who Connor McDavid was, like we do Sidney Crosby in his in his uh, rookie year. But unfortunately, he plays for a team that's buried away in Canada, as far as most of America is concerned. So I'm happy to see Edmonton doing something. And I think it'd be nice to have a team that young come in and, and fuck some shit up and ruin some of these fucking veterans' plans for the summer here. Well, they are ranked number two, Rich. Yeah, but, dude, the, the, the respect just isn't there yet. A lot, Anything that's okay, case in point, before Crosby ever fucking played one shift in a preseason game in the NHL, I had people coming to me talking about he's the next Gretzky. Yeah, they did the same thing with LeBron, exact right? same thing. McDavid's hype was never fucking on par with, with, with Crosby's hype. And I think McDavid's hype has proven to be 
he's proven to have to, to legit have the hype that that Cindy Crosby had coming into the league, but simply because of who he plays for, he doesn't get it. I mean, it's 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 a fucked it's fucked up to say, but it's the same thing with Ovechkin, you know. And to people, to to the credit of people in the NHL, they say this themselves: if Ovechkin was from North America, the NHL, the faces of the NHL would be Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin damn near equally. That's what it would be. But because he's from Russia, he speaks with a thick accent, for whatever reason, there's still the North American hockey fan that just goes, fuck these European players. I mean, as much as I love Don Cherry and his fucking pimptastic outfits and shit and his crazy takes on stuff, Don Cherry is... Uh, he's probably lightened up over the last 20 years, but he was death on European hockey players coming into the NHL. I mean, he just loved to talk shit about him, about how they didn't play physical, how they shied away from the physical side of the game. And in a lot of in a lot of cases, he was right. Very few times did you have guys like Konstantinov that were like a bowling ball out there looking to end people's fucking careers with hits that were from Europe. Yeah, but and, Konstantinov did that very well. <laughs> you know, I mean, to the point where even Grapes was like, uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of European players, but this motherfucker don't play a European style of, of hockey. He could, he could. When they got the Russian five together, he, you know, yeah, he went back to the European and, and Russian school of thought when playing hockey of, you know, puck possession, puck control, play keep away from the other team. You know, you're, you're on a power play, you throw the Russian five out there. Yeah, you only they only might take four shots, but they're four fucking shots that the the goalie has to stand on his head to stop versus just firing shit at the net and seeing hoping one gets past or hoping one gets deflected in. So I mean that's that's just that's just me and that's my bias against fucking Crosby, I guess speaking. So whatever it, it is, what it is. But I was I would like to see Edmonton come out of that. Uh, that first round. I mean, my bracket is if if Chicago and Minnesota go down, my bracket's already fucked out of the West. So I might as well just fuck it all and have some fun here. Well, my bracket's still alive, except for Chicago. Where the fuck are you, Bueller? Because I pick Chicago and St. Louis, Anaheim, and Edmonton. Well, you do you <clears throat> do you know the backstory about how Chicago became the Blackhawks that they are now in the late two thousands? Do you know what uh, happened with that? <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, um, I lost interest in the Blackhawks. <laughs> no, I understand, but it was, it was, and you were still here in Michigan, and it was kind of a story around here because Scotty Bowman's son entered the organization as an executive, and Bowman went over to the Blackhawks as an assistant. And within a few years, boom, they win a cup in 2010. Boom, they win another cup a few years later. Boom, they win a third cup a few years later. And they built a team that was a complete clusterfuck after, you know, they got rid of Ronick, Amante, Belfour, Chelios. You know, basically the team had been a clusterfuck since the early 2000s, honestly. And, you know, between Bowman and his son, boom, the magic got worked. And here they are, one of the elite in the league. So all I'm thinking is if Bowman still has any say-so about what happens with that team, he's got to be fucking getting ready to birth kittens because I can tell you right now, Scotty Bowman doesn't take losing very well. I remember the post game interviews. So, I mean, it, it, he even fucking, 
it was in 95 during the sweep that uh, the Devils put on the Red Wings in the finals. One of the local sports writers, so this means they had a they were relationship with the team, asked Steve Eiserman a question about a play that had happened. And Bowman come fucking tear assing through the fucking locker room, got in that reporter's face and basically was like, don't ask any stupid questions of my players, blah, 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 and went the fuck off on him as much as I've seen Scotty Bowman go off. So it, once again, there has to be some fucking shit going on behind closed doors in Chicago and somebody's getting their ass chewed out. I can't believe they're just letting this happen and, oh, it's it's cool, whatever. Well, there's always next season. No, not – not on their days. home ice. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, you get embarrassed not once but twice in front of your home crowd. At some point, the, you know, okay, look, it's the new NHL, blah, 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 whatever. That has to go by the wayside, and uh, these motherfuckers are running roughshod over us, and it's time to show them that we may not win the game, but we're going to win every goddamn fight and start taking it to them. But then again, I don't. I don't think this team. Yeah, that, that definitely way. was Bowman's philosophy. If we can't beat you, we're gonna beat you. Well, for all we'll the talk about, on you. Well, for all the talk about how you know, in retrospect, people saying, "Oh, Scotty Bowman wanted skill players and he wanted two-way players." If you notice, Scotty Bowman always had Stu Grimson, Darren McCarty, Joey Kosher. I mean, he he always had hammers on that team. That would handle shit if need be. I mean, that was a even even a guy like Marty Lapointe, who is wasn't by any means of stretch of the imagination was a heavyweight when it came to you know th- dropping the gloves, but he could hold his own against you know most guys in a situation if need be. Same thing with Shanahan. I mean, I, I don't. That's why I think it's so ironic that he for a while there was in charge of the NHL disciplinary committee. I'm like Brendan Shanahan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> do they do they not remember his his career the way I remember it? I mean, is this like you know, to me that'd be like putting Michael Jordan in charge of the NBA's anti gambling gambling commission. You know, it's like it's just it doesn't make sense. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure if uh, they get swept out of the playoffs, there's going to be some changes in Chicago. I know that with the with the salary cap and et cetera, et cetera. There's already rumblings that they're going to have to decide who to give up who to let go, and how to keep that team viable as far as a Stanley Cup contender. Who knows, man? Three cups in seven seasons, they get swept out of the first round. You might, that organization might be like, you know what, fuck it. This isn't the 80s and 90s where we can just keep throwing money to stay on top of the heap. You know, We can't at least buy a guaranteed playoff spot by spending the most. So fuck it. Let's let's get what we can for these guys that are about to be unrestricted free agents and start our rebuilding process. And hopefully we open up a new window five years down the road. So, I mean, I don't know. I might be pulling an Earl saying the sky is falling. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, kind of weren't not even a goal. The playoffs are a week old. Not even a goal. I know that's an embarrassment. That's, I think, is the huge thing that sticks out in that conversation. The opposing team goalie has more points than your entire team. Ouch. At your house. Ouch. I mean, I don't I don't think I remember a team that heavily favored to win a series being shut out like this for the first two games. Well, it's number one versus number eight. <laughs> Yikes. Well, they don't see them like that anymore. 
per se, but yeah, I get what you're saying. They, they've they've prettied it up and changed the terms a little bit, like you know, friendly fire is now <laughs> or, or not, but uh, uh, search and destroy is now sweep and clear. They call it something different to kind of pretty it up. Um, but yeah, I, I have I have no idea, man. I have no idea. I'd really like to to be able to get a hold of my buddy who's a diehard Blackhawks fan, and has been since before they were good again. So I mean, I know he's he's legit, and ask him what the fuck is going on with your team. He's been a Blackhawks fan since before that stupid song. Oh wait a minute, what song is this? That song. It didn't fucking show up to what was it like 2008, 2009, whenever they score. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I don't know. All I know is that uh, under ice, they projected we want the cup during game two. And it's like, well, you're going to have to score some to, to, to go ahead if you want the cup. So you're going to have to win if you want to win the Stanley Cup thing that you talk about. No, I. Moving over to the East. I'm sorry, what? No, I'm saying just even a goal. You, you got to win. You have to score a goal. Start yeah, it there. Helps. It helps. You can't really skate to 0-0 ties to your way to the Stanley Cup. It doesn't work that way. Um, moving over to the East, uh, probably the series I've watched the most, which is the Canadians versus the Rangers. Going back to what you were saying about the, the five-on-three, Earl, that game had – both teams had at least one five-on-three on each other. And I sent you guys a comment, and I stick by this. In playoff hockey, short of someone literally trying to kill somebody, there should hardly ever be five-on-threes, even more so in fucking overtime playoff hockey. I mean, unless it is just such a blatant fucking penalty. And at that point, you got to consider consider making it a major penalty and giving the guy the gate. If that's the case, I mean, it seems like they're calling ticky tack shit. And I mean, you know, whatever. I don't know how much it affected the outcome of the game considering neither team converted on, on either five on three. But that is something I, I'm noticing more this, this playoff year is that the refs haven't swallowed the whistles as much as they used to. And it's funny because I hear people, depending on what team they're rooting for, claiming that the refs are either forgot their whistles or they're calling everything, but only against their team that they're rooting for. So, right. But it, but I mean, that's the truth at the same time, like you, I don't have a stake in this playoff season, but I'm watching some of these games. I'm like, how do you not call that? And then like that play I told you about in St. Louis, I'm like, how the fuck did you call that? So, I mean, that's actually true. Sometimes points during the game, you're like, do you have a whistle? And then at other points of the game, you're like, please forget the fact that you brought a whistle with you tonight. What the fuck? Are you whistling at a pretty girl? What are you doing? When I was little, it seemed like five on threes only happened. Like if you had somebody dumb enough to get a penalty during the power play, and it was maybe for like 30 seconds, but they seem to be a little bit more commonplace nowadays. So yeah, either the refs are getting more ticky tack or I don't know. Kind of with you there, Rich. Yeah, but then you have shit like what happened in the Pittsburgh Blue Jackets series. Uh-oh. Here where we go. 
Matt Calvert basically cross-checks a penguin either in the shoulder or in the back of the neck to the point where he breaks his stick, then skates around the guy as the guy's like kind of like half out on his feet and starts fucking like throwing body checks into him as he's as the guy is standing there. What the fuck? How, yeah, okay, eventually after the league reviewed it, he got a game. I'm like, a game for that? You you cross-checked a dude so hard, at least shoulder shoulder you know pad height, or even higher, depending on the angle. And I've only seen one angle, so that's why I can't say exactly where he connected with. I think I think he connected on his upper back. Honestly, is where I think, like just above the the letters on his jersey. But to break his stick over the guy and then to fucking skate around him like 180 degrees and start shoving him. First of all. Where the fuck is the rest of the Penguins? And why are they not stomping the shit out of this asshole for doing that right there? That's the same argument we had of why aren't you defending your goalie? That's, yeah. I mean, that is fucking ridiculous, dude. And this I did hear on the, the NHL uh, uh, channel on Sirius is that there's apparently rumors going around the NHL Twitter sphere. And I don't know how much weight to put behind them, but I could see this happening. That there's been fucking mass memo sent out to all the playoff teams about there will be no nonsense and physical violence without serious repercussions in this year's playoffs. And if you, if you remember when we were talking about uh, Lundqvist getting laid the fuck out and those two fucking Rangers defense, defensemen just skating off doing nothing about it in the regular season, I can't remember if it was you, Earl, or Chris, but one of you guys brought up maybe they got word down from the you know top brass at the NHL, hey, you can't retaliate anymore, or else we're going to throw your, you know, throw your ass not only out of the game, but suspend you for four or five games. And if that's the case, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. You're you're handcuffing players from playing the game the way the rules say the game should be played. You don't like fighting? Fine, outlaw fighting. All right. You don't like physical play? Fine, make physical play illegal. But as long as those things are not against the rules. Why are you having unwritten rules saying if you fucking retaliate against a guy who took liberties with your player, which is the sole reason for fighting in the game, then we're going to basically make your punishment so fucking draconian it's not going to be worth what what you do to that guy. I mean that is that that just blew that just blew my doors off off the, their hinges. I couldn't believe that. I could not believe there was not blood on the ice, goalies going at it, center ice, you know, people climbing up the stands all over again. Yeah, people climbing up in the stands, uh, uh, you know, players climbing up in the stands, taking their skate off and trying to cut the head off, you know, another player's fucking wife or some shit. Like, like I wanted to see some Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome shit because that, to me, if I'm playing, I mean, Christ, I know guys that play beer league here in, in locally. And when I talked about that play with them, they're like, if, if, if some asshole had done that to one of my teammates, oh, we'd have had to forfeit the game. But we'd have all beat the dog shit out of everybody on their team. And I'm like, thank you. I know I'm not the only one who who sees this. Maybe so, they're taking the that Danielle girl's approach to it. Danielle, you lost me yeah. on that one. Cash me outside. How about that? Oh yeah. Well. Oh. Well, if that's no, the case, maybe then I was gonna say in this case we need to put a camera outside, and I want to see somebody beating somebody's ass for all these cheap shots. I mean, seriously, dude. But you if cross check someone in the back of the neck, you could have fucking that. That's some Todd Bertuzzi area. You could you could have seriously paralyze that guy but if i recall didn't uh 
you know, to, to refer back to your, your ranger situation here with Lundquist, didn't they get, didn't uh, the defenseman end up getting that guy back the next game? Like maybe that's maybe that's how they got to do it now. You retaliate in the game, you get a huge fine. But hey, the next time you play them, if you fucking lay them out, up oh, regular penalty, nothing we can do. Well, I mean, there's that, and I mean, there's an old saying that you know, hockey players and elephants have have the best memories of any any mammals on the planet. You know, they both have very long memories and they never forget shit. So I mean, that could be the case. I mean, if you look back at at some of the you know, well, Earl brought it up, so fuck it. We'll keep running with that one. In the 96 playoffs, that hit Lemieux put on Draper, that completely shattered one side of his face to the point where it shifted over a couple inches. I mean, they didn't touch him that fucking that, that playoff series. They didn't even get to him at the beginning of the season next year. They got to him at the end of that season, almost a year later. It was something like 320 days after the the hit had happened, so almost a full calendar year. I mean, it, if that's the case, I mean, I guess, but I I don't know. I to me, if you're cross checking someone high up in the in the uh, in the back on their shoulders, any place that any place even near their head or their neck to the point where you're breaking the stick in half, you got to go, dude. You got to go one way or the other. Either you either you have to you have to. <laughs> Prove that you're the meanest motherfucker on the ice so you can do that shit, or you need to take your ass whooping and go sit on the fucking bench. And I mean that I I don't care if that was a Red Wing. I don't care if that was Bob Probert and he was still playing. I would still call it just as dirty of a fucking play and and, and it's bullshit Bush League of a fucking hit. I mean, that is absolute garbage. So and <laughs> I'm arguing for the Penguins in a roundabout way. <laughs> the only thing I can say is, uh, Crosby, you're the captain. Why didn't you look over at somebody who actually <laughs> can fight and say, go take his ass out, dude. What are you doing? You can't let him be your players. Skills, bitch. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, goddamn. You'd think none of these guys ever played hockey before, right? But, um, yeah, Montreal. So, anyways, Montreal's ahead. Uh, the Rangers, 2-1. to one, And... Uh, game four, it, I hate saying this because it's so cliche, but it's definitely a, a must-win situation for the Rangers. And I, people probably listen to this. You don't know what he's talking about. Disagree with me. That's cool. I, I said it when we did our picks, though. If if any goalie in this in these playoffs, I would want. I would. I would put my money on to steal a series. It would be Lundqvist. And I think game four is his chance to fucking to do that. If he goes in there and he has the game of his life, it might be enough momentum to get the Rangers back even and then fucking pull ahead in the series. But I think if, as he goes, so does that team go. If he goes in there and he has a fucking shit game and he's just like Swiss cheese in that fucking net, then it's, it's, that's it. Game over. Put her in charge, you know? So, and Ottawa Bruins, would you say Ottawa won? Yep. So, yeah, so they're up on the Bruins. Haven't really watched a lot of that series. Don't know if you guys have comments, questions, thoughts. No, I have. I, I was wondering, you know, where the hell Ottawa was coming from. But uh, Bruins just, I, I guess they kind of, they seem for real a little bit. Just a little bit? So didn't they win the first bit, game? Like, didn't, they, didn't they come out of the gate with a win? Am uh, I wrong? 
Yeah, yeah. They, I recall one hearing, one, they get one game one. I recall hearing, one. Yeah, I recall hearing Bill Burr going ape shit because he figured Ottawa was going to roll over him and they started off with a victory. Yeah, but, I mean, Boston just has, like, bursts of, of being good. They're not good throughout the game. It's like this game tonight, they were down three to nothing, and they came out, scored two goals within 51 seconds. And then all of a sudden it was tied at three. Well, I hate to sound like I'm minimizing the strategy or anything in hockey here, but in a hockey game, don't you just have to be good enough to win just in that game, and then you can regroup and look at the long term? I mean, don't they just have to be better than the Senators just for those three periods, and then we can we can work on the, on the long game after that? Well, that's what I'm talking about. During the game, they don't play a full game just points of the game they're like really good and then it's like well well, where'd they go oh they got they got that detroit lions disease kind of well i mean i i got their i got the years that they were they won the cup um mixed up they won it a little bit longer ago than i thought they won it in the uh 2010 2011 season um and i mean they do have an intern head coach that's not like there's any guarantee this is going to be their head coach next season. So, I mean, they're, they're not exactly still riding that high from that cup, I would imagine. And, you know, you got you have a head coach who, okay, they're in the playoffs and they didn't, you know, what, make him an offer to be, you know, the, the permanent head coach? Doesn't exactly speak to their fucking confidence in him. So, I mean, you know, it, <sighs> leadership from the top down, man. I mean, that's you get the you you get the players and you get the team that you deserve, and if you don't, if if the front office doesn't have faith in the leadership behind the bench, then those players are going to be able to sense that. And yeah, they might not play a full fucking three periods. It happens. I mean, I watching that Rangers Montreal game the other night, I was like, the Rangers know that this is like not 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 a not a warm up skate in the second period, right? Like I. I, I was like, this is not the same team I just watched before the 15-minute break between periods. This is insanity. You know, how are you going to come out like this after you came out like you did in the first period? But, you know, it happens. All right, and then... My uh, favorite series. Wow. Full of what the fucking's there. Capitals in Toronto, man. And... You know, Capitals is who I picked to go to the Cup Finals out of the East. That's not looking good. I mean, yeah, Toronto's only up two one, but I'm starting. I'm starting to have to question my own my own uh, judgment here. Did I underestimate Babcock, and did I undervalue the talent that that Toronto has, or are we just starting to see holes in you know chinks in the armor for the Capitals goalie? Now you said it's your favorite series, so what are you, what are you thinking here, Earl? I, they just look tired, bro. On the real, they they want it. They 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 try to go get it. They just look tired. I don't know if they're too old or what the fuck. But Austin and them just they outskate them. And tonight's game, they went into overtime, and the Capitals just weren't there, bro. Seriously, I've been watching. I can offer. Nothing contributing to this conversation <laughs> regarding this series. Well, like I said, it's a rarity that I get to watch any hockey being here in middle America, quite literally. And ever since the hockey playoffs started, there's on three different channels here. 
So I'm like, oh, hockey. And I, you know, I just been taking an interest in different series and <laughs> other than, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks. And the only reason the Chicago Blackhawks isn't hold my interest is because, you know, we've said it, they've done absolutely nothing. I flip back to the game every now and again, like, did you do nothing? No, you still nothing. All right. But uh, the Washington Capitals really have something going, and, and they really want it, and they're trying real hard. I just, I think their gas tank is on E, or like right well, above that, the red line. Well, that is a, that is, that is something that's been lovely, the accusation has been leveled at uh, a lot of President's Trophy winners over the years, as you know. Yeah, it's nice that you guys had the most points at the end of the regular season, but did you save enough in the gas tank for the fucking playoffs? I mean, how many times did, you know, Detroit, Dallas, teams like that win the President's Trophy and then, you know, fizzle yeah. out, out in the first second, round, round? Second round. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I said it's no guarantee the President's, the President's Trophy is no guarantee that you're, go, you're going to, the, uh, to your conference finals, let alone the cup finals. Whereas I think pretty much if you have the best record in in, in uh, basketball, you can pretty much almost guarantee at least the conference finals out of that. I mean, that's just, it's just the way their playoffs are set up. Football is a completely different animal because it's one and done. And, and baseball, you know, it's a grueling 162-game season, and then boom, you have a one-game wildcard playoff, and you have a you know best-of-five series, a best-of-seven series, and then you're in the World Series. You just played six months of ball to, for for everything to come down to you know, if if you go to a four man pitching rotation in the playoffs and three of those pitchers have off days, you're out of the fucking playoffs. So don't we know it? I mean, that's that's, that's just the Tiger fans. Yeah, no shit, right? I mean, that's just a shock to the system as as far as difference between regular season and playoffs. But I mean, I. I I guess I'm going to call it now. I'll say it now. I guess I slept on fucking Toronto, man. I was goofing on them fuckers, you know, sending you guys memes of a guy with one, one fucking chin hair. It says, you know, Toronto's playoff beard and all that shit. And maybe I shouldn't have been goofing on him. I don't know. Austin Matthews. I don't know. Maybe he is the maybe he is the, the 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 player that people want him to be in Toronto. You know, I just think them as a whole, though, man. I, the games I've been watching, like I'm saying, the team as a whole has just been really on the move. They're racing every puck. They clear the net. They clear the zone. They get to the dump ins. They're just out skating the Caps, dude. That's just it. But that's see, that's that. I don't know how much of that to put at Babcock's feet, though. Because I know that Babcock's coaching style wears on veterans very quickly. Because apparently he goes into a when he when he walks into a locker room he treats everyone like they're retarded and they're fucking rookies. And there's not many veterans that can handle that. But that's such a young team. Maybe they fucking crave that type of treatment. Maybe they actually, you know, it fuels them. I mean, how many times have you ever heard eighty-five Bears case in point? You know, the defense. Hated Dicka. I mean, they they they, they, they didn't carry Dicka off the field. Ryan, they carried no. Buddy Ryan off the field. You know, I mean, that, it's all there is to it. So, I, I got to wonder how much of that that team's just pure 
fucking meanness was based on we hate our fucking head coach. And, you know, if you've heard the stories and seen your documentaries, Buddy Ryan was right there fucking fueling it, telling basically, Dick, I get the fuck out of my defensive meeting. Who the fuck do you think you are? Which blows my mind because if you see if you, you see pictures of those two standing next to each other, you wouldn't think Buddy Ryan would talk that way to Mike Dick. <laughs> <laughs> but he did and did can listen. So that's going to tell you something. <laughs> so maybe that, maybe that rough and tumble fucking, you know, take no bullshit, no excuses type coaching is, is working for Toronto. I mean, if it is more power to them, I'll tell you what, if they make it to a fucking cup final, God, that, that honestly, I think, will be the only team besides Montreal that if they made it to the cup finals out of Canada, that's a Canadian team, then it wouldn't hurt the NHL's ratings. Question for you. This is like what? This is, this is year three of Babcock in Toronto, right? Two, I believe. Let's say in, the, in, about, in about, the, isn't about the time that it's usually year two or three Babcock kicks in. Uh, I mean, see, just, just based on his history here in Detroit. Babcock took over, I want to say, in the 05-06 season, and they won the cup in the 07-08 season. So that would that would be about right. That would be about right. And if you notice, when Babcock took over, a lot of the veterans that were there, because he took over post-lockout, if I remember correctly, a lot of veterans that were there um, after the lockout weren't there. You know, Shanny was gone. Uh, Eiserman had retired. You know, Zetterberg and, and Datsu. Datsu was a rookie in 2002. So you got to think, you know, the 2006 season, you know, 2006, 2007 season, he's only five years in the league at that point. You know, that's not that's that's a, a veteran as far as years put in, but that's not a grizzled veteran as far as, you know, double digits in the fucking league. So it might be something to that, Chris. I, you see I that soup want- got a KHL title? No, I didn't see that. I saw something about that today. Oh, oh, that reminds me. Uh, I, there's a, there's an interesting story to come out of the KHL. Uh, we'll get to after we, we finish up with the NHL playoffs here. Um, I, I do want to uh, congratulate our listeners that already know this, but Chicago finally has a goal. <laughs> Who scored it? Do you know? I don't. I just turned back on the game. <laughs> it's one nothing at the beginning of the second. That's why I missed it. It was at the very beginning of the second period. Well, there you go. What's so, that, what's by the time we post, Chicago? it's a tie series. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what the <laughs> fuck was all this talk about Chicago sucking? This makes no sense. Uh, there you go. Chicago doesn't need home cooking. They need to eat it like Waffle House to, to, to get their edge back. Talk to a waffle waitress. That'll make you appreciate being in the NHL. Uh, yeah, they're playing right. Nashville, right? See, tons yeah. of Waffle Houses. <laughs> oh, smothered and covered, <laughs> baby. Nashville. Smothered and covered hash yeah. browns. <laughs> uh, all right, so the last uh, series, which looks like to be the 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 one that's going to end real fucking soon, Pittsburgh over to Blue Jackets. Um, I think we all called Pittsburgh to get past the Blue Jackets. I don't think any of us sat there and said it was going to be a hard time for them. So... Pretty much, we're all in lockstep on that one. Uh, my my only my only gripe about that series, like I said, is I do not understand why someone 
didn't stick up for their teammate to the tune of trying their best to remove that guy's fucking teeth from his mouth. Culliver for fucking that, 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 the cheap shot he, he, he laid on their player. I just don't understand that. So, but yeah, so that's where, that's where I stands as of Monday night. Yes. Um, now you said, you said, uh, Datsuk's team won a title over there in the KHL. Yeah. I saw something today about Datsuk in the KHL and he's like the first player. Let me, let me Google this shit. Uh, Rasmussen scored. Okay. Number 70. Really? Yeah, numbers have gotten wonky, dude. Remember when you used to hardly ever see a goalie with a number higher than, like, 39? Now I see goalies with numbers in, like, the 70s and 50s and shit. Oh, yeah. There you go. From ESPN yesterday, was it say, Doc Tuk ads? Give me the fucking headline. I click on it, and it goes away. Awful. <laughs> it says, Doc Tuk ads KHL title to Stanley Cup victories. So, yeah. All right, and anybody shocked one year by that? after leaving the wings because he was too hurt to keep playing here. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, hurt, hurt. Yeah, uh, upset more like it. I, dude, I, to me, lending more more credence to his claim that he was too handcuffed by the mentality that coaches and the mentality that permeates in the NHL. As far as what, how players are allowed to play, the creativeness they're allowed to bring to the table, the freedom they're allowed as far as making plays, you know, he was that was one of his major gripes. Uh, seems, seems to be, yeah, he goes to a league that basically lets him play how he wants to, and here you go, boom, here's a guy who walked away from the NHL who is playing in a league that's got to be on par as far as talent as the NHL. And he just won, he just won their championship. So T- took him a whole year. Slow, slow down. Datsuk. Yeah. Now uh, the interesting story that I wanted to bring up, uh, is that, okay, let me, let me, okay. According to sports express, a listening device was allegedly discovered by coaches of the oh my god I, I can't I can't even pronounce that Magnetogzerak okay inside their coach's room at the Ice Palace in Saint Petersburg this is in obviously in Russia uh, and basically it was the team the team that uh, Datsuk's team was playing against found a listening device in their coach's room in the locker room so yeah. This this is interesting because it's like if I here I'm going to send you guys the link so you can get a you can see the picture of this device and I want you to take a look at this device and tell me what your impressions of it are. I don't want to be accused of putting any ideas in your head. That's why I'm asking you to do that. What the hell? So yeah, so have you guys both seen it now? Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Okay. How, that looks more I I think a bomb before I'd think a listening device. <laughs> I would think a homemade bomb <laughs> from some basement dwelling motherfucker. Yeah, that watching. looks like um, looks like something for someone tore apart a Lionel train seat, uh, set, c- took uh, masking tape, or not masking tape, but uh, uh, clear tape, taped three batteries together and put a couple wires hanging off the end of it to make it look good. 
Mm. Dude, look at my homemade vape pen. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. When people say their vape pen exploded, this is what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of scared to ask how they got it in yeah. there. Well, hold on, hold on a second. Uh, hold on a sec, Chris. Uh, you said how how could they get it in there? Well, I, I'm saying I, I, my thing would be to I would be scared to ask how they got it in there because it's all wrapped up. So I don't want to know where that came from. Oh, okay, I got you. Now, what what did you say, Chris? I'm saying anyone uh, know? I mean, it's the off season. What was where was Bill Belichick last week? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> He's over in Russia. How do I get through to these kids? You cheat like yeah. Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, Belichick um, sounds Russian, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I never really thought of that. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's way more interesting than my tinfoil hat theory. So my tinfoil hat theory is that with with players like Ovechkin and a few other players threatening to play in the Olympics despite the NHL's ban and then go to the KHL if the KHL will have them, I'm wondering if this is some sort of, you know, this is total tin. Th- pulling this out of my ass. I'm admitting this up front. Tinfoil hat theory shit. I'm wondering if this is some sort of way to try to discredit the KHL as a legitimate league to discourage players from using that as a place to go if they want to play in the Olympics and still want to play in a professional league. Now, did they test this? Can they actually hear off of this? I don't know. Uh, As far as reading it, it says uh, neither team's general managers or players wanted to comment on it. Um. The team's, the team's uh, venue that it was found in, which is Datsuk's team, uh, SKI St. Petersburg, Sky St. Petersburg. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Anyways, says it's the richest team in the KHL, and the vice president of their team is also vice president of hockey in Russia. Um, uh, writer Alexei Shevchenko. A Sports Express reports the device had a microphone attached to it and that Metallurg was expected to send it to the league for more investigation. Um, then there's, there's some commentary. As you can see, the device isn't exactly cutting-edge spy tech. It looks like something that would have been built in the shop class after a trip to Radio Shack. Where uh, is it record? That's my question. I see your microphone. Where is it? What is it what, a transmitter? What would it record onto? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, so basically someone's listening in real time or it's transmitting to a recording source. And here's the but thing. apparently something that needs a wire, so fucking that's a, like something it's obviously something that would have to attach to that red wire. But well, in the day the and age of closely, Bluetooth though, there's I'm sorry, a, go ahead. there's a tan wire of some sort that's leading off the picture, so it's attached yeah. to something. But, I mean, still, look at this. In the day and age of Bluetooth technology and the Internet, I, can't, I find it hard to believe that the richest team in the KHL would stoop to some shit that looks like it was made by someone who's on the spectrum. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Like, it's Gary Bettman stealing his kid's science fairs or his grandkid's science fair project and putting them in the locker room. Oh, it doesn't literally, think they're evil. It's literally what it looks like. It looks like uh, it's recording device. Yeah, it looks like some kid forgot that the science fair was coming up on Monday, and so Sunday night taped a bunch of shit together, slapped some wires on it, and called it a fucking day. So yeah, that's what it looks like to me. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, my my con my little half ass uh, conspiracy theorist that that resides in like 
one, two percent of my brain was just like, wow, that's awfully convenient that this accusation comes out, gets made. And then you see, when you see the device they're talking about, you're like, really? This is, this is supposed to be something that someone's spying on another team with? I mean, seriously, it, you just do better to hide a cell phone and leave it on. I mean, when you, <laughs> it looks like it at least. I, I don't know, but yeah. So worst spy device ever. I know. No wonder they lost the cold war. Jesus Christ. It's the Did best. Someone had a naked with? gun. <laughs> no, no. That's not like, uh, what was that movie with, uh, Val Kilmer in the eighties, the spy movie. Do you know what I'm talking Those about? Spies like us. Uh, no, that was Dan Aykroyd and Chevy chase. Top seat. Top secret. Was it Val Kilmer? Oh, and I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it goofed on, uh, it goofed on goofy spy movies and shit. Um, yeah, that looks like something that, as a goof, is still too goofy to be in an Austin Powers movie. As a goof, for a spy device. So that's yeah, that that's what, that's what has me shaking my head, going the fuck. I thought but, you were talking about the movie Geniuses. Oh, real genius? No. <laughs> but that is a great movie by itself though um so yeah so that's that's a little interesting piece and then looking that up i saw uh another article i literally just saw this it says uh hockey's vp of russia russian vp of hockey which i'm assuming is the owner of datsuk's team in the khl that we just talked about says ovechkin will not play for the olympic team without nhl agreement he suggests retiring from the NHL for Ovechkin if he wants to play for his, for Team uh, Russia. Wow. Which tells me if he does that, he's going to end up doing what uh, Ilya Kovalchuk did. And let's see here. Rottenberg elaborated to championat.com saying that he would only guarantee Ovechkin and other Russian players an Olympic appearance if they retire from the NHL and play for the KHL their next season. If you take the same step as Kovalchuk did and leave the NHL for the KHL, then you can count on participating in the Olympics. Uh, even then, the NHL decided everything. Without their permission, Kovalchuk wouldn't be able to leave. Very difficult negotiations. It was the league's decision. Otherwise, he wouldn't leave. Same with Datsuk. Um, goes on to say, we don't doubt our guy's patriotism, but the last word belongs to the NHL. There is a legal side of the contract. On Tuesday, all three, let's see, when was this written? This was on the, oh, this is a few weeks ago. Um, they're updating the story from a few weeks ago is what, is what this is. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically it goes down to what we talked about when we brought it up the first time, is that the NHL would basically force these guys to retire from the NHL. They would have to then go to the KHL, play there. It looks, sounds like for the season preceding the Olympics or the season of the Olympics, and then they could go play in the Olympics for their country. Bottom so line, maybe... though, they can't stop them. Well, that's another thing. I don't know the legality of these contracts once you start crossing, you know, borders of countries. Like, I know that if one team is a contract with a player, that other teams have to honor that contract in certain regards. I don't know if other leagues have to. And it sounds like, yeah. to me, the KHL is just saying, we're going to cover our asses by saying, if you want to play for us, and by extension, play for Team Russia, you have to retire from the NHL. And now, power play goal. Chicago? Yep, Kane. Well, there you go. Once again, fuck the home cooking. Chicago can score. 
But now what's interesting about that is because you players can retire and then come back from retirement. I mean, it's happened before. Mario Lemieux retired in the 90s because of uh, leukemia, or was it Hodgkin's? I can't remember. He had, he had some form of cancer and then came back. And I think he actually retired one more time and then came back to play Crosby's uh, rookie year with him. Now, granted, he was the owner of the pit. He was part owner of the Penguins at that time. So, I mean, he could pretty much fucking do what he wanted to do. But... I mean, I don't know the legality of any of this, but this is this is this is going to suck if there's this fucking if there's a large push for Russian players to play for the Russian hockey team, Olympic hockey team, because you're going to lose a lot of good players if they decide to go this route because national pride means more to them than playing for the Stanley Cup. So <laughs> Rich, right. I'm sorry, man. This game is fucked up. Chicago's back on the power play. All right, outstanding with the uh, middle of the game updates. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? It's like it's like Nashville is having an implosion this whole game. This isn't the same maybe, Nashville team I've been watching the past two games. I'm just saying. Maybe the maybe this game is the start of Nashville going. Oh shit, we're not supposed to be doing this, and they start crumbling. You never know. I, th- I think it's the home cooking from Easter dinner that's killed them. But they too they much ham to, yesterday. They got to itis. Well, that's something. <laughs> They're out there with the meat sweats and the itis. <laughs> Half the team's on a a D to D designation because of the itis. <laughs> seeping through your pores. Stop it. Knew I shouldn't have had that fifth helping of stuffing. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got the farts. But uh. So yeah, that's that's it's all the news that's in hockey that I have. Um, I I do I like I said I have to admit I get a kick out of that that listening device. Maybe if Chris can remember, he can put it up on the uh, 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 Sporgy Twitter page so people can see yeah. it and go, "What the fuck, internet?" <laughs> <laughs> or look it up yourself. Yeah, I guess I don't know. You know, but, Easter needs a game. Can we talk about this? I mean, they've obviously football and Thanksgiving are hand in hand. They've they've managed to in the last I'd say decade or so kind of image the NBA for Christmas. Can we have a decent game on Easter? Some kind of baseball game, something something to watch. I mean, I know today what you had the what the Patriots Day games with uh, Boston were what they start at what like nine or some shit. They start yeah they start but, early or something. Yeah. But can we get a can we get an Easter game, Major League Baseball? You got 162 of these motherfuckers, times was it 32? Let's get one. Well, yes, no, mine okay. island here. Well, no, 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 no. I'm thinking the problem is is that baseball you have since Easter's such a fluid holiday, it's oh, never on the right. same day. Yeah, it would have to it would have to be a season by season basis, and they already have. Uh, Jackie Robinson Day, which is like their April thing for baseball. So I mean, uh, I I don't know. No, you're it, right. Sometimes Easter can happen in March while spring training is going on. I did not think of that. I mean, so oh, never mind. Major League Baseball. Did I say anything? If you, if you want to throw it out there, I guess we could say. Uh, I guess we could say. Uh, you know, college football. Every college football team should have their spring game on Easter. There you go. You know, but who besides the most hardcore fan of a of a 
college football program pays attention to the spring games. Let's be honest. The families of the people playing in it. I, I guess. I mean, I'm just like, I'm just picturing like, okay, so after Michigan's spring game, does Harbaugh come out shirtless with his khakis on and have like a, a ham version of, of a turducken to award the player for its MVP of the game or some shit like Madden <laughs> used to do? I mean, I don't, I, no. I like what would He's make it special one of the stages? Harbaugh says, all right, battle royale. Has to fight every person in the stands, every male, anyways. In Ann Arbor, he'd win a lot of those fights. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. It's a it's a nice city. Uh, very lax marijuana laws for years now. Uh, not the most masculine of cities. Um, a lot of guys with beards who haven't earned the right to wear them, in my opinion. Um, a lot of tight lot of pants. A lot of flannel, but they don't even probably never even held an axe before. So you know, eh, there's a lot of there's a lot. Is it, was it MC Breed said there ain't no future in your fronting? You should have added this caveat <laughs> unless you go to Ann Arbor. <laughs> there's ton, you, come to Ann Arbor. There's future in the front. You can front all day in Ann Arbor, baby. <laughs> And we won't even assume your gender. Oh, Christ. All right. Uh, you know, I just it just dawned on me that there's kind of like a huge elephant in the room that we're all kind of just, we haven't mentioned it yet. In the NFL draft, like, next week? Like, it's the yeah, last week of April, usually, correct? Ever since they moved it, I'm not so sure, to be honest with you. No, it's next week. I was going to say, it has to be coming up. Oh, is this where we get to bitch about the draft? <laughs> uh, probably. Is there anything to bitch about? Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a big motherfucking gripe with the draft. I'm tired of them dragging this shit out over fucking what three, four, five days, whatever the fuck it is now. I don't want first round on one night, second round on the next night, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth over the next day or two. Do it like you used to fucking do it. Okay, maybe break it up into two days. I can kind of understand that to kind of keep it in the prime time interest, like after people get off work, so they can watch it. But if you're going to do that, make it a Friday, uh, Friday uh, afternoon to, to Friday night and Saturday afternoon to Saturday night and, and be done with it by the time Sunday comes along. Because isn't that the point of the NHL or not the NHL, the NFL, what they're trying to do? They're trying to turn everything into an event. Well, what's, the, what's one of the biggest advertisers in the NFL? Booze. And when people think about, you know, partying pregame for the NFL, they're not talking about sitting around playing Magic the Gathering and drinking O'Doul's. Okay, they're talking about getting fucked up, barbecuing, charred, rotting meat, and being everything that men aren't supposed to be anymore. So stop breaking up the fucking draft over a span of a couple days trying to get another night of ratings where you win the cable ratings. Ooh, big fucking deal. Yeah, because by night two of the draft, I refer to as, all right, we're into the nobody cares part of the draft. Everybody only cares about the first night. But here's the honest to God bitch of it, though, man. How many good players have come in the third, fourth rounds? Even, even you know, the fifth round, and I'm not talking the occasional one. I'm not talking like the, the Tom Brady that's a fucking, you know, exception that proves the rule. There are still starters and stars in the league who come out of the third, fourth, even sometimes the fifth round. And to bury the, that part of the draft in there seems to me you're just basically begging your fans to be even, I, I hate to say it, but uh, 
to, to be front running douchebags, be like, oh yeah, I, I watched the first and second round, but I didn't watch third, fourth, and fifth round. This shit's boring. I I don't know. I, it just I, I, I just hope we get TJ Watt first round. That's our pick. Well, you're talking about the Detroit Lions doing something right. All right. I can well, hope. Hold up here. Hold up. Because uh oh shit. Who is uh God damn it, dorky motherfucker. Mel Kuyper. Let's see what his mock draft is. Because isn't he supposed to be like the the go-to guy for this shit? Yes. His name is thrown around all the time when it comes to the draft. All right. Well, I got him and Todd McShay's mock draft. Latest latest mock draft. That's Um, the two. And they both have Miles Garrett, defensive end, going to Cleveland. Solomon Thomas, defensive end, going to the Niners. Uh, third, Kuiper has Malik Hooker, safety, going to the Bears. McShay has Jonathan Allen, going uh, defensive lineman, going to the Bears. Uh, Jacksonville at four. Kuiper has Jonathan Allen. McShay has Leonard Fournette, running back. Going to the Jaguars. No one has anybody trading, huh? All right, let's see. I'll, I'll see if I can. Uh, they both have uh, Mitchell Trubinsky as the first quarterback going. Out of both of them, Kuiper has him going uh, sixth overall to the Jets. And then he has uh, McShay has Deshaun Watson going uh, uh, seventh round to the Chargers. So I don't know. I guess I'll well, just. Take it from the top. Do you think Cleveland's going to go with anything but a fucking uh, quarterback? Yeah, because they have quarterback by committee there already. Yeah, but they have shitty quarterback by committee. Like, I, I, they kind of have to. I mean, they, they – you is anyone, is anyone, you say they have quarterback by committee, you see any one of those quarterbacks taking Cleveland anywhere? No, their whole team is shit. A quarterback's not going to help him. You get the best. Go put the goat over there. Go put Tom Brady over there, and he'll fail. Oh, he'd end up divorced because Giselle, Giselle's going to be like, I can't handle that orange. <laughs> That's just not fashionable. Sorry. I don't run with dogs, okay? But I bet you she's been down for some doggy style. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that was my best the Todd impersonation. Um. Well, I, the, all the all the all the argument I heard coming out of Cleveland was we we want to build around our de, uh, defensive and offensive lines. So it seems to me that Cleveland's already thrown in the towel on them being a fucking contender anytime here soon, and they're going into full rebuild mode if that's the case, and they're building from the middle outward. So why would you take a quarterback who's going to get beat up if you have no protection for him as far as an offensive line to sit there and take a beating for X amount of seasons? And then possibly be, what, number 23 since the year 2000 to be their starter and then, you know, do nothing. So, I mean, I, I see him. I can understand them taking a defensive lineman, considering that's all I've heard. But then again, I've heard that the 49ers and them both wanted, or they're, quote unquote, the article I saw yesterday said they're itching to trade down. So it seems to me they're, they're wanting more of, they want, you know, middle round draft picks, first round, middle of the first round draft picks over, you know, number one and number two, and blowing their load on that guy, which would also speak to, especially Cleveland, looking to rebuild. Because if you're looking to rebuild, you want to get the, the the most valuable players at all the positions you can as quickly as possible. It's not like you have one guy you can just, you know, plug and play, and boom, you're in the Super Bowl. 
No, but that guy is a freak, though. Garrett? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm old school. I, you know, I, I, that's why I can never run a team in the NFL except for on Madden because you can still win this way on Madden, but I always build my team with a defense and a strong running game. And then quarterback is the third or fourth thing I can take in as far in consideration down the line. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I can build a team around a fucking game manager. So, but th- that's a video game. That's how come I'm not a GM, even though God, Chris, were we on the air when that guy, that guy sent his uh, uh, resume to be GM of, I think it was the Browns. And he said that uh, every season that Madden comes out, he's at the midnight release, and he takes he takes his team to the Super Bowl every year. And that was like his resume <laughs> to, to the team as to why they should hire him. Well, shit for the Browns. Uh, no one fucking put it. I mean, Lions GM as well. I mean, I'll say it. There you go, Earl. When it, when the Lions get rid of their new GM, new HGM that they have, uh, go ahead and send your resume in. You might you might just get hired. <laughs> I, 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 I look. I'll tell you this. I I make you a fucking promise on my life. You get hired as the Lions GM. I'll go out and buy Lions jerseys. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I've never owned a Lions jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and they have I, a gentleman I, on the team with your last name. You so totally could. So he was from yeah, last season. Hell? I know, I know. The only other whitehead I remember was uh, he was a defensive lineman for uh, the Saints back in the 2000s. People were like, why don't you get his jersey? I'm like, because he plays for the Saints and fuck the Saints. Why That's fuck true. the Saints? Who are you? What division? Bucks fan. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm like, I have to explain this to you, and you call yourself a football fan? They're like, oh, I forgot. You just you just told Earl to go buy a Packers jersey. <laughs> I know pretty much, right? Yeah, no. I did uh, buy a Favre jersey, but that was after he went to Minnesota. Still division team. Yeah, but it just, ain't the Packers or the Bears. Vikings are still right. Division, still division team. Well, speaking of that. your speaking of your beloved Lions, uh, Kuiper has Charles Harris defensive end going to him at twenty first overall pick. What? No. McShay has, and I'm going to butcher this name, so forgive me. Takarist McKinley, outside linebacker. T a k k a r i s t. That's his first name. Takarist is, I guess, how you pronounce that. Sure. Yeah. So they have they have him going defense no matter what. Do they have T.J. Watt picked in the first round? Uh, hold on here. Hmm. Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not seeing him. Neither Kuiper nor wow. McShay. Why is, is he as is he as good as JJ? No. Well, then, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> like he's not far off, but he's not JJ. I mean, JJ is part of that freak mentality. You know, there there's people that come into the league that get in a position and they're just fucking freaks. Randy Moss was a freak as a wide receiver. And, and Dominican Sue was a freak as a defensive tackle. Uh, Charles Haley, you know, Reggie, you know, Reggie White, you know, th- those pe- there's just people that are freaks. J.J. Watt is a fucking freak. Freak in nature. There's no way people should be able to do what he does. Okay, Kuiper has him going 58th overall 
to the Seahawks. So that's that's well out of the first round. And McShay, I don't see him, period, for the first through the first 64 picks. Unless I'm missing Did you guys here. hear the Seahawks that they'd be willing to shop Richard Sherman this week? It was probably last week. Yeah. And I also heard that uh, a deal will be done with the Raiders and Beast Mode. Really? That's going to mean that there has to be some sort of compensation going to Seattle from Oakland. Well, get this. Beast Mode said he is not coming out of retirement until the the papers have been signed to release some of his contract. Now, what happens behind closed doors? However much money they get to release him, well, that's on them. Well, it'd have to be, I'm imagining this type of deal. I don't know. I don't even know if you can make this type of deal anymore. I know they made it, the the Bucks made it with Oakland to get uh, Gruden. But, I mean, there ha- it seems to me there would have to be some sort of cash exchange hands, and there would have to be draft picks that go to Seattle from Oakland for them I don't to know, basically Rich, release. Be, be, be careful, because the Raiders are going to Las Vegas. That's mob country right there. I could see how be getting visits talking about, hey, let my boy go. <laughs> They're going to shug Nike him? They're going to shoot them and treat him like he's a vanilla ice, hang him off the edge of a fucking <laughs> off a balcony in a hotel in Vegas by his by his ankles. Hey, long way down there, huh, white boy? You're going to sign away all your rights to the fucking ice ice baby. Sure am. You paper pencil, thank you. But no, I still the only way I can imagine is if there's 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 compensation through draft picks and monetarily. Cuz why else would they why else would they fucking basically void his contract, rip up his contract. They have no they have no motivation to. to help man, I said I said it to you guys in the, the chat and uh, man, I'm more and more this unfolds and more and more I'm starting to think it. Do you think his retirement was a fuck you for not giving him the ball in that Super Bowl? Ooh. I think ooh. I ooh. I think the fact that um Oh shit! Brain fart. Pete Carroll is known as this player's coach and is known as a nice guy, you know, touchy feely father figure type coach, and breeds that type of culture in his teams. I'm starting to wonder if that's a little played up for the media's sake, because for Lynch to walk away from a team that was st- their window was still open to, to go back to the Super Bowl, Lynch and obviously back, to back Super Bowls. I mean, and obviously he still has a desire to play if he's even talking about it. That means it's there somewhere. For Sherman to be on the trading block, I don't know if he still is, but like he was, that tells me that that all is not well as everyone in Seattle would like us to think in that organization. I mean, that's your two marquee players on that team that will be gone within two seasons of each other. Well, if, not just if, those if it goes two. according to plan. You, you also traded away your, one of your best wide receivers in Golden Tate. Exactly. And, as, and I remember Golden Tate, when he got here, had a lot of cryptic comments about his time in Seattle. Like he walked right up to the edge of talking shit, but he never crossed that line. And I remember thinking, that's weird, because from everything I hear, Seattle's like this, oh, it's just this wonderful environment. The culture surrounding the team is great because Carroll is so – you know, carefree and, and hey, if you fuck up, we'll get him next time. It's not, you know, it's not, he's not Marty Schottenheimer yelling at motherfuckers and shit. So I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe that's just a, a media facade. And, you know, there's some real fucking 
bad blood boiling in that locker room. Who knows? Well, man, you know Carroll can't. I've never bought that image they give of Pete Carroll simply because of the way he did those kids at USC, quite honestly. Because you know how they recruit him. Oh, we're a family, and I got your back, and this, this, and that. As soon as he got caught, dude, it was almost like hearing the fucking, like, you know, the cartoon bongos, you know, for him running from USC back to the NFL. Yeah, and I surprisingly, he didn't take a big of uh, publicity hit for that as I figured he would have. And I don't know if it's because of his personality or because he went to Seattle and they won as quickly as they did under him. I mean, I don't think he really got the heat he deserved for that blown call in the Super Bowl and not running the ball at the end and throwing it. Yeah. Any, I mean, can you imagine any other coach getting the pass that he got with that? I mean, there was no talk mm-hmm. of that's his job. He's now on a short leash. He's on the hot seat. There was none of that. It was just, uh, he made the call. Okay. Like, to this day, I haven't gotten, uh, at least if I've, if it's been put out there, I haven't heard it, a, a rock-solid answer why he didn't run the ball. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard that. Yeah, he said that everybody was expecting it, so he tried to be kind of tricky with it. It was on him. He took full blame for it. I know, but guys, let's be honest. They're going to do one of two plays, a pass play or a run play, all right? It, it, it's not like he, he could pull out like a, you know— this isn't this isn't Boise State in some bowl game in the mid two thousands where they can pull out the Statue of Liberty play and win on that one, you know this is the NFL. I mean, unless he had a trick play from hell up his up his sleeve, he was going to either have to pass it or run it. That's it. And why not? You have arguably at that point the best player on his team is that running back. Why wouldn't you put their hopes on his back and say, "Get me them fucking few yards and get into that end zone." And he said yeah. it's because everybody was thinking that everybody had that exact same thought. Except for Bill Belichick. But, but, I mean, we've talked about this with Tom Brady and plenty of other teams. When the game is on the line, do you or do you not want your best player to have the ball? On Seattle, it would have been Lynch that day. You don't get a name like Beast Mode because you fucking shy away from goal line plays. Dude, that guy is fucking, he's, that guy has drugged people into the end zone. He's come out of the other ends of piles. He's not supposed to come out. Yeah, I mean, that's... Watching highlights of some of his runs, it's just like holy fuck, man! Like he he didn't he he did definitely did not shy away from contact. And in that in that situation, seems like the type of situation that he fucking lives for is to just ram that ball down the other team the other team's you know defense's throat. Right. I mean, they were a yard maybe. I believe so. Wasn't it third and one? It was third and goal. It was right there on the one. Well, that's what I meant. Third and goal. Yeah. Which means they could have ran it once, and then they still had another fucking chance. Or were they out of timeouts? I can't remember. Fuck. I, I can't either, but I was stunned. I, I, I was still drinking that Super Bowl. It's a little fuzzy. <laughs> uh, uh, you call a quick slant, and you have a guy whose nickname is Beast Mode standing behind your fucking quarterback. You're, you're a special kind of special. I can't even, I can't even get to that. That is the very definition of what the fuck it's. I'm, I, I'm kind of there with you, Chris. I mean, I, we might as well name, you know, if we name the episodes, we better, we might as well name this one uh, InfoWars 2 volume or, or 2.0 or whatever, because I, I can, look, I like Marshawn Lynch as a player. I like him as a person from what I've seen. He's a no bullshit type of guy. We talked about him last week about when he was like, no, nah, man, I'm just all about that action, boss. I ain't about sitting here saying the same old shit every week in, week out. 
you know, and how that didn't rub us the wrong way. So obviously, you know, maybe I'm skewed a little bit more towards his side of the situation. But if he did fucking say, you know what, that's how you're going to do me. All right, well, fuck it. I'm done playing. I'm going to take a year off and go make Skittles commercials in fucking Scotland. I, I can't really be mad at him, man. And then you add to that Golden Tate leaving and kind of being very choosy about his words about his time in Seattle. And I, once again, it's just the rumors. It's just the scuttlebutt. But, I mean, I heard Richard Sherman was asking to be traded. This wasn't a situation like they came to him and said, you're on the trading block. And he was like, oh, God, please don't. So, yeah, I Something is rotten, in, not necessarily in the state of Denmark, but in the city of Seattle. It is definitely Washington. sleepless in Seattle. It could be the fish, you know, the fish market. <laughs> Stinking like a motherfucker. Yeah. Well, some other little interesting picks as far as uh, hometown guys. Uh, Kuiper has Jabril Peppers going 28th to the Cowboys. Good for them. Hope that happens. Oh, yeah, that would make perfect sense. Not kidding. And then he, uh, McShay has Peppers going 31st to the Falcons. So Again, don't nah. don't hate that move. Speaking of fact, did you hear Roddy White retired officially? Uh-uh, no. Yeah, I think, I think that went down last week. Yeah, Roddy White has said, and I'm done. So there you go. <laughs> they can eat a guy like that. Down in Atlanta. They, they got to do something because that, I mean, that's going to go down in history of, in the history of blowing it. You know, it's, yes, Patriots, obviously, hell of a game, quite the comeback. But, man, I mean, that was, that was almost as monumental as I think it's. What year was it? Like the two, was it the 2006 Mets? Uh, the, 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 they were the Mets that were in the playoffs on September 1st, and by the end of September, they were out of the playoffs. Like, yeah. that level of blowing it. Well, I mean, there's many, many definite, you know, many points in sports history we could point, you know, point to. Just as early as uh, the NBA season last year, you know, OKC has the Warriors down 3-1, and they come back and let them win. How? The very next series, the Warriors have... Cleveland down 3-1, and they let him come back and win the championship. How? Shit, uh, if you don't want to leave home, you just got to look at 2006 and 2012 World Series with our Tigers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? How the fuck are you going to just dominate the playoffs? I mean, in 2006, took the Yankees to school, took the fucking A's to school, and then just, just laid a fucking egg in the World Series. 2012, it was like a repeat of 2006. It was like a... It was, it's like having a nightmare that's a recurring nightmare over again. Didn't we get swept in 2012 by the Giants? Or did we did yeah. we squeak out one? No, yeah, we got swept. Yeah, they got swept. They couldn't even fucking win one game like they did with uh, against uh, uh, St. Louis in 2006. Keeping it the same sport. What about the Bills? Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Boy, They're I still love trying to for Bulls. It's 30 years later. They're still trying to forget that shit. God damn, man. That was that was a that was an interesting time in the NFL, man. They because had Jesus the team, Christ. Though. And they just couldn't. They, they, dude, that <clears throat> have you ever heard of the yips? You know what the yips are in sports? Yep. When a, when a player who usually it's it's I I think it's more in baseball than the other sport. Player who 
can do something as simple as throw the ball back to the pitcher, all of a sudden can't get the ball back to the pitcher without throwing wildly. It's like that whole team got the yips the minute they fucking went in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, not not even really because this Super Bowl against the Giants came down to a fucking field goal. I mean, it's not like they got blown out every fucking game they played. So I, I don't know. I know yeah, if at I was some Jim, point, as a Bills fan, you just got to be like, fucking really? Dude, when I lived in New York, the part of New York I lived in, there was no Giants fans. They were all Bills fans. And they were fanatical Bills fans. And of that time period, you were safe to bring up Jim Kelly and the no-huddle offense. Anything else, and you were risking a fucking fist fight. I'm not exaggerating. Like, threat of physical violence, you know? And I'm sitting here like, motherfucker, I'm from Detroit. Like, they ain't want a goddamn thing. They ain't even been to a Super Bowl to choke one away. On top of that, I'm a Tampa Bay fan. We're the only team to go winless in the fucking NFL. What the fuck are you mad at me about? At least you got there. Shit. Yeah, got invited to the party at least. No one will tell us where the, in Detroit where the party is. I'll tell you what, though. If I was Jim Kelly, um, my, talk about a test of a guy's faith. Four Super Bowls, four losses, gets out of the league, relatively healthy. Oh, yeah, here's cancer. You know, at that point, I don't know. I, I eh, You know what I'm saying? Like, eh. I'd be wondering if the guy upstairs, like, what what did I do? Did I piss you off and not know it? Like, what? seriously, it's not enough. Four Super Bowls, no no ring. I got to get cancer now on top of it? I mean, that's, <laughs> are, are, are you a Giants fan? I mean, what happened? Seriously, dude, that's just born under a bad sign type bad luck. That's all there is to it. But, all right, well, anything else? Are we going to try to wrap this one up and make it a short one this week? Uh, I, I do want to mention that fact that uh, Chris Weber needs to own up to what he did with the Fab Five. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead and explain what you're talking about because we talked about this before we were recording. Well, the Fab Five had the findings is that players took some money and it, other unethical and rule-breaking offenses here nor there. The thing is, is uh, Coach Fisher, their coach, is not being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And a lot of people are saying that it's because of the Fab Five and the handlings of what happened. And one of the Fab Five, if you guys, for who, people who don't know the Fab Five, is Jalen Rhodes, Chris, Chris Weber, Jawan Howard, uh, Ray Jackson. Oh, who's that other motherfucker? Uh, everyone always forgets it. Jimmy King. Jimmy King. I didn't always forget him. I knew him. No, trust me. I yeah. did that. The I did that about a month ago during March Madness. I'm like, who the fuck is the fifth person in the f- in is Jimmy King? It's Jimmy. It's King, someone yes. everyone always forgets. Yeah, and everybody's pretty much owned up to what happened when they were in college, except for Chris Weber. Chris Weber hasn't owned up to it, hasn't apologized for it, and Jalen Rose called out Chris Weber again and said, you need to own up to it and at least apologize to Coach Fisher for keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. And Chris Weber still emphatically denies any wrongdoing whatsoever. Wow. So here's the question. Should he apologize to Coach Fisher? Should he or would he? Should he? Should. Not would. I think should. Okay. <clears throat> this, is, this is how I'm going I'm to take a long road to, to get to the answer. But bear with me. When the Fab Five documentary came out in 2011, he's the only one of those guys that refused to participate. When it came out sure that he was, get, when he was getting money from uh, Ed Martin, who was the booster that was paying for him, all right, 
he was claiming poverty at the exact same time to the point where Mitch album came out and defended him saying he was now, whether you believe Mitch Albom's story or not, that's up to you. I kind of think it's, it's one of those things where the writer tells a story that's a little too convenient, but that's just me. He says, he claims that him and Chris Webber were walking down the street in Ann Arbor past a sporting goods store and Chris Weber saw his jersey, his Michigan jersey, hanging for sale for 150 bucks in the store. Turned around, looked at Mitch Album, said, "Ain't that something? I'm broke. I can't even afford a pizza, and I asked you to float me money for it, and you said you couldn't give it to me because it violated NCAA rules. Yet they're making 150 bucks a pop off my jersey." Now, the reason I bring that up is because Ed Martin basically admitted to giving him fucking money. The rest of the guys knew about the situation, and here's Weber saying. Not only did he not take money, but that he was taken advantage of, and he made an allusion to that other young men were taken advantage of by Ed Martin, which has left a really bad taste in um, Jalen Rose's mouth, because I heard Jalen Rose talking about it on his ESPN show, and he basically called Weber a bitch for sure not, only, not only refusing to own up to what he did, but for uh, basically trying to put doubt in people's minds and make it sound like Ed Martin was some sort of child molester or something that took advantage of these young men. So on top of all that, Weber, if you watch the documentary and you know about where he came from, Chris Weber did not come from the streets. Chris Weber came Ooh. from private schools, money, okay? I, and when I say money, relative to the money of the rest of the guys on the Fab Five, that's what I'm saying when I say money. Okay, it's all relative, all right? But he always wanted to be one of those street guys. And he never really was, and he's basically a wannabe. And so I got to wonder how much of this is him thinking that if I keep my mouth shut and I never admit to anything, that I'm keeping it street, I'm keeping it hood. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, at this point, dude, we've got the tape. We really don't need your confession. It would just make maybe make people who still hold a grudge against you, forgive you, but there's nothing more we can do to you. I mean, they've punished the team. They've punished the fucking, the, the, the program. You know, Ed Martin, if he hadn't died, probably would have ended up in jail over it. You know, Weber pled guilty to, to uh, 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 shit. I don't know if it was perjury or contempt because he, he you know, I, think it, I think they charged him with perjury and he pled down to contempt of court because he lied on the stand or to the grand jury. I can't remember the exact details of it. So, yeah, I think flat out, it's been 20-plus years, all right? Come out, admit, admit your wrongdoing, bury the hatchet the best you can with the rest of the guys on the Fab Five, and try to celebrate what you guys did bring to the table as far as really causing a shift in the way college basketball is looked at by a lot of people. Now, you know, some people argue it's for the better. Some people argue for it's worse, for the worse. But I guess I have one question, maybe a little ignorant to history here, but... It is what it is. Did Steve Fisher know what was going on? Well, see, there's the debate, and and that's you know that's the same thing. Did Pete Carroll know what was going on? Did, did, did Joe, did did Joe did, Pod know? It's what a yes was or going no on? question. Did Steve Fisher know what was going on? I don't know. To be, to be honest with you, dude, I I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. So it's never been. I don't so, know. So if no one's ever, ever been come out. Definitive answer. Yeah. I think. I'm, I think. Let me just. It, I mean, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess he didn't because what happened was that Weber and, and Jalen and all of them, they weren't taken advantage of. 
by this man. They were cared for by this man. Now, basically, now, basically now, what he said is that he loaned he loaned them money on the condition that if they made it in the NBA, they would pay he, him back. They would take care of him. They would pay him back somewhere down the line. And Weber welched on that. So not only welched, but accused him of basically, like you said, basically being a child molester and just smeared his good his name. And any kind of credit the guy did have is gone. His family still has to deal with it. But to answer well, your question, I don't think there was, Chris, I don't think there was, I've never heard a definitive answer whether he knew or not. Pure reckless speculation on my part. I think him, I think Steve Fisher, like a lot of coaches, probably know that there's something breaking NCAA regulations and, and rules going on in their program. But Fisher strikes me as a type of guy that goes, I don't want to hear about it. I can imagine him doing that more so than tell me all the details and then going, I knew nothing about it. I think he's the type of guy that would want plausible deniability. I, look, I, I don't know the details. No one ever came to me and said they were taking money. I never saw money change hands. That's all I can say. But, I mean, let's be honest. What is it? We, we, have, a sports, we have a sports broadcaster here in Detroit, Mike Valeni, and he's infamous for saying this. Any program that wins in the NCAA, whether it be you know, out of basketball and football, by the way, is what he was talking about. Out of those two sports, any program that wins, there's 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 violations of NCAA rules going on behind the scenes. We may or may ever we may or may not ever find out about it, but guarantee somewhere someone has broken a rule to get that team to the to the spot they're at. And as much as I think Mike Valeni can be an, an, a blowhard asshole, I think he's on. I think he's I think he's absolutely correct about that. I, I if you go down to the SEC and they ripped open the SEC. And they forced the SEC to lay all their cards on the table. The amount of corruption on those teams down there, I would imagine quite a few teams would be looking at death penalty in the face, just like SMU was. Yeah. Alabama actually has a payroll. <laughs> it's called something else. I, dude, the joke, the joke during the USC days in the, in the mid-2000s was L.A. Doesn't, have a, of, L.A. doesn't have a professional football team. And everyone go, yeah, they, yeah, we do. We have USC. Oh, when Pete Carroll's in charge? Yeah. And I know this is... See? I could kind of picture Pete Carroll being pulling it, like I said, being like I think Steve Fisher's like, which is I know something's going on, but I don't want to know the details. Just keep me out of it. Let me be able to have a job after this. I can, I could, I could see Pete Carroll being like that. Yeah, but more so with with Fisher though, I really don't think he did, because when they decided to wear those long gold shorts, the long shorts, Fisher didn't know about it. When they wanted to protest the Nike emblem, Fisher didn't know about it. All black socks and black shoes. Fisher didn't know about it. That's what made the Fab Five the Fab Five, is they were a very tight-knit group. Hung out with each other. Talked to each other. And I yeah, think Jim, when they, when they went King and got this. From, uh, he was from Texas, wasn't he? And he said that the mm-hmm. first, the first, uh, his first season, when he wasn't playing, he was like, what's this bullshit that's falling from the sky? And they're like, it's snow. And he's like, fuck this. I want to go back to Texas. And it was basically Jalen Rose and... Uh, Weber that talked him in the stand. I mean, those, uh, yeah, you're right. Those guys were tight, dude, tight, tight. Right. And when they went and, and got their money or whatever the hell they got, I think they did it as a group. And all of them agreed that if they made it big, they would take care of them. And once again, there's Weber. And see, here's the real bitch of it is that if you know a lot about Ed Martin, Ed Martin was the type of guy that would go to like these youth basketball games, see kids who come from absolute fucking, I mean, 
abject poverty, you know, I mean, I, I've heard stories about some of the kids that, and we're talking kids that are in like, you know, junior high, freshman in high school, who maybe are marginal on the, on the bubble, whether they'll even ever go to a fucking good college basketball program, let alone make it to the NBA. And he'd help their families. Cause if not, it's like, you know, in two days we're going to, they're going to take all our shit and throw it on our you know front porch. And it's Detroit. They're going to, we're not going to come home to nothing. You know, everything's well, going to And gone. not just that, he'd also help them buy, you know, shoes to compete with, you know, he, he would take care of the kids. Now that's not to say he's Robin Hood or, you know, a saint cause he wasn't, he would look for something in return if they made it. But, but if they did, all, all, all the kids he had to have gave money over the years, how many of them actually went to the NBA? That's what I was That's saying. But if they didn't make it, you know, he wasn't a fucking mob boss coming in to collect. No, not it, at it's all. interesting you used the word mob. Because didn't he die like the day before he was supposed to testify or some shit like that? Uh, like, I, I remember. Attack, I know he had a heart attack before the hearing. Yeah, I remember just thinking the timing of his death was real fucking suspicious. Yeah, he had. What is it? He'd been convicted of tax evasion, something along those lines. And he was supposed to testify to his connections between himself and Weber and died of a heart attack before the hearing. So, yeah, I mean, fuck it. We've been wearing a tinfoil hat for most of this episode. <laughs> you you saying Weber actually found some street motherfuckers and got some shit done? Had him put in work? Maybe. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, Maybe I don't his know. Dinner the- was poisoned. I don't fucking know. But really? Like it was, it literally was like like the eve of when he was supposed to testify, wasn't it? I want to say it was awfully fucking close. If it wasn't the 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 night before, it was awfully close. So that that is ringing a bell with me. You got to remember, this is a story that I haven't like outside of the, and I I as a Michigan fan, I I, I'll still admit this outside of the the kid glove handling that the uh, documentary, the 30 for 30 documentary did, which did its best to paint them in a good light. Uh, well, did its best to paint every every one of them, but Weber in a good light. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, we're, we're talking 25 years you know, ago, this shit happened, and I'm trying to remember the exact details of it, and it's just not coming to me right off the top of my head. But, yeah, I, I do think it's, first of all, I don't see why what, what – if Fisher is a possible college basketball Hall of Fame candidate, I don't see why Weber apologizing would affect that one way or the other. I mean, he won a national championship without the Fab Five, and he never won one with them. And I dare either of you two to tell me one player on his national championship team. I ain't taking that bet. Exactly. Wasn't you it know, San Diego State? No, it was with Michigan. It was the year before the he recruited the Fab Five. Oh, that's right. That was with Ramil and uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I always forget. Like that was his first year. Yeah, I mean, it, but it, that's what I'm saying. So why, I don't understand why Weber has any bearing on whether he goes to the Hall of Fame or not. It, it's not so much that they're putting him in the Hall of not going to put him or put him in the Hall of Fame based on Weber. It's the fact that. That Fab Five incident is what's going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame, and Weber's still treating it like he didn't do anything wrong. That's what Jalen Rose is, is calling him out on. Yeah, but he's also butthurt that 
the NCAA basically said, hey, you got to treat Weber like persona non grata until 2013. But yet when Michigan was in the here's, – here's the most telling thing. When Michigan was in the national championship game two seasons ago, all right, all the Fab Four – we're, we're, or all, four of the Fab Five were together watching the game. Weber was up in a fucking suite by himself. I mean, that, that's going to tell you something right there. So I think he just sees himself as the victim in all this. So he probably feels that he has no reason to apologize. You know, I mean, kind of. He's a hipster millennial. I'm a, I'm a victim, even though I'm the one who committed the crime. I'm a victim. You know, I, I, dude, Earl, you and I go back over twenty years. We had groups that we were, we had groups we ran with that we were tight as fuck. We're not tight anymore. And when you, when you, when we, if we really were to sit out and try to hash it out and figure out what the fuck happened in some of them cases, all we could do is look at each other, shake our heads and shrug and go, I don't know. You know, some are crystal clear. Others, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what this person's problem was. They just fucking disappeared off the face of the earth for no reason. Never even told me if they had a beef with me. I, if they did, I had no idea. So, I mean, who knows what's going through his head, man. I mean, like I said, I know Jalen Rose isn't happy with him. Jalen Rose has made himself a, a nice little career in the media market. And doesn't Weber do uh, some, like, on-air shit for TNT? Yeah, he does some commentary for, for basketball. Yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, if it's going to be a war of words in the media, if it... If it if it is allowed to de- to escalate into that, uh, I-, I think Weber's going to find himself on the losing end of that one also. Because Jalen Rose trash talked the shit out of Weber right under the table. So I, you know, I I don't know. I, ultimately, it's a shitty situation. That I mean, well, this is a, right, this so- is a subject we could get off on for another hour on our own, but we've done it before. All this could be avoided with some sort of compensation to players from the money. I'm not talking paying millions of dollars, just some sort of fucking compensation to players based on how many fucking, you know, tickets are collecting at the turnstile or jersey sales. Even there you go. Even, even more so. Well, I did, I did notice this. I did notice in some, and this was, this was about 10 years ago in some places. If you go in to buy a Michigan Jersey, they don't sell the jersey with the players' names on the back anymore. You have to have them put on yourself. You have to pay. Right, for but they still have the number. Exactly, yeah. Now, the way they get around that is by saying, especially football, well, how many players have had that number? You can put your own name on that jersey. We can't stop. Once you buy that jersey, you can do whatever you want with it. We can't stop what you do with that. Well, let's be honest. If I go buy a Michigan number one jersey, gee, whose name am I going to put on that? Come on now. But, uh, speaking of jerseys, uh, what do you think about the Detroit Lions new ones? They I haven't seen them. Awesome! How little they're I care. They're so badass. They are so badass. Are they gonna Are they gonna win the Super Bowl for us? No. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but I guess and, I should look at them. And and for the record, just because they're not badass. <laughs> um. Well, go ahead and look them up, Chris, because I want to get your impressions of them. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we're getting it uh. like, live on the air. <laughs> what? You sound like you just looked up lemonparty.org. Ugh. <laughs> what? So gray is uh, what? What's happening? Hold on. They took out black. There is no black. It's two color scheme. It's blue and gray. So now it's gr- now the what? So the the road jerseys are gray now. That's their color rush jerseys. It's ironic right, that the- they have 
a gray color rush jersey. Just think about that. That's like jumbo shrimp, free rent. It doesn't make any sense. Military intelligence. Yeah, you, 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 you seriously, your color rush jersey is going to be gray, okay? Well, it was black, but they took black out of oh, the what, color scheme. Oh, what? Are names on the sleeve now? Ooh, is that the big thing? Yeah, yeah the lines. That too. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go ahead. I'm and go they ahead changed the this, font as well. Yeah. None of I this was the Super Bowl. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Lions fans, you have my sympathy on this one. But I don't want to hear too much crying because at least they don't look like some third-rate, wet-brained retard with a broken wrist designed them for a, a college football team, and somehow they accidentally ended up in a pro football team, a.k.a. Tampa's New Jersey from, that they introduced a few years ago. I think, I think Tampa still has the ugliest New Jerseys out of everybody. So not much when it comes to those Lions jerseys, though. The, the, I, when I saw those, I was like, you're kidding me, right? And guys... I know that I know Chris is like, oh, they're not going to win a Super Bowl for us. I, I I couldn't give a fuck less. But this reeks of desperation when I see franchises do this, especially considering in 2009, they just switched up their jerseys. That's what, seven seasons ago? Yeah. You're a charter member. You're a charter member of the NFL, okay? You've been around since before the Super Bowl was even a thought. And you're, and you're, you're swapping and, and fucking with a classic jersey design. Why? Oh, that's right. Because you can't fucking win. So what better way to get people to buy your merchandise is those fans that got to have the newest and latest, put them out. There's another 150 200 bucks we're going to get from these suckers. What did I tell Earl in the group? Hey, can't win a playoff game, but at least I got a cool fucking shirt. <clears throat> at least well, I look good losing. <laughs> yeah, no, right. No, I, I I was I was I was on the fence about buying one of the new Tampa Bay jerseys this year, and then I said, you know what? I looked at them and I'm like, God damn, these are hideous fucking jerseys. Like I don't even want to wear that shit, and it's just disgusting. I'd rather they go back to the creamsicle and be the yucks again. Seriously, I mean, it's just horrible. So. I don't know. Win a Super Bowl, Tampa. Then, then I'll then we'll, then we'll we'll sit down and we'll hammer out whether I'll buy one of your jerseys. The difference between Earl and me is I know Earl's going to have one of the new ones the minute he can get one out there in fucking Kansas. It's probably being shipped to his house right now. <laughs> so I'm back order. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, speaking of. That's something that uh, it's 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 sports related, but it's not it's to a specific sport. It's something that I've heard brought up over the years, and every once in a while, like I, I watch the show Scrubs, and every once in a while you'll see Doctor Cox wearing a Red Wing jersey or something, and somebody in the show has to make the obligatory crack about, oh look, a grown man wearing another grown man's name on his back. You know, I don't think we ever talked about this. Like, how do you guys feel about fucking people that buy and, you know, wear jerseys? If you wear a band t-shirt, you could shut the fuck up about me and my sports jersey. Because it's the same fucking thing. At least that's how I view it. Well, I mean, I know how Earl feels about jerseys. Yeah. No, man. Half of my clothes, half of my closet is full of jerseys. 
and it's been that way pretty much since I knew you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, when, and when people go, yeah, but he only had five jerseys, I'll be like, yeah, but he only had five other shirts also. So literally, he had ten shirts. Half his clothes were jerseys. If you're wearing a Metallica T-shirt, you might as well be wearing a Metallica jersey. That's the same way I view sports. You're wearing a shirt of something that you like. The end. Uh, I actually got grief from a, a former band member about me wearing a jersey one day. And this band member tends to wear comic book shirts all the time. And wow. I had to, I had to point They've out, heard- I said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to point out, I'm like, you do realize that you're basically wearing walking. You, your outfit for every show is walking birth control. And you're going to sit here and fuck with me about wearing a jersey? Seriously? Like, come on, dude. I mean, if you if, you're, if your age starts with, uh, I'll be nice, a three, and you're walking around wearing Pokemon shit, you need to shut the fuck up about anybody's sense of fashion. <laughs> you better have kids. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying about anything. I could walk around with a ribbon tied around my dick, butt booty naked, ball swinging free, and you better just give me a nod and a thumbs up if you're wearing a Pokemon shirt and you're in your 30s or older. That's all I'm saying. You're an adult wearing a Pokemon shirt? Talk about someone wearing a jersey? Wow. That is not self-aware. But, yeah, I just think it's funny because I, I've there, there's, there's a school of thought from a, a group of people I know that, you know, if you wear a jersey – you're the, even to a sporting event that, that makes you like some sort of huge dork. And then I heard him extend it into if you take a baseball glove to a baseball game, it makes you a huge dork. And I'm like, well, to me, it depends on where the fuck you're sitting. Is there a legit chance you could catch a line drive in the face? Then why the fuck wouldn't you have a baseball glove to, to keep it from fucking breaking your jaw? Oh, thank you. Oh, man, I got mocked mercilessly so hard by some of my friends like 10 years ago because we're sitting on the third baseline and i brought a glove it's like why'd you bring a glove like what do you hate they're like hey you're over 12 i'm like we're sitting on fucking third baseline that's what i'm saying i I, you you know how many i think it's what was it over a thousand people each year during the baseball season go not are hit by balls. These are over a thousand people have to go to the hospital because of the injuries from foul balls hitting them. So why don't you be a little proactive and bring a glove and pay attention to what the fucking is happening in the game versus being a dipshit who lets the world happen to you to the point where we go to watch a baseball game 10 years from now and the whole fucking field's covered in a netting that we all got to fucking try to look through because some dipshit didn't want to look like a fucking 12 year old carrying a jersey or carrying a fucking glove. I mean, I seen somebody get hit with a bat. Oh, yeah. There was like two rows in front of me. You know what, What's funny. <laughs> what? I just had a flashback when you were telling that story, Rich, of how pissed off you got about ice hockey having the net at the around the back of the goaltender. <laughs> Dude, Chris, you, you didn't know him at this point. Rich comes to me and goes, did you hear they're putting up a net? I was like, where? <laughs> He's like, on the ice rink, behind the goaltenders. It's a big-ass net. I'm like, no. He goes, yeah, there's a fucking couple, guy and a girl, some behind the net. And the puck got shot, and it went over, and, well, it hit her. And I was like, oh, she got hurt and stuff. She goes, well, no, well, she fucking died. 
<laughs> and now there's a fucking net there. He was all pinned. I was like, dude, she's dead. <laughs> well, you know yeah, what? But some, I bet you but somebody dies, sister, it's time to take she, measures. I'm just saying, if she has a sister, if she ever goes to a hockey game, she'll pay attention to the game instead of her fucking hair. I guarantee you. I, you know, look, I, when I had season tickets, I used to take my ex-wife to the games. And when we, when we would get down on the first or, or third baseline, I'd be like, now, look, you got to pay attention. Because one of these foul balls can come back and, and fucking clean your clock. And she just shined me on until one got hit. Like literally, literally, I'm going to say five seats away from us. And it bounced off the guy who went to catch it. And then it hit the ground and there was a scramble for it. And someone ended up getting it. But the guy who went to catch it, like his hand was fucking swollen because he threw it up and tried to barehand it at the last minute. And I was like, do you see what I'm saying now? Pay the fuck attention. If you don't want to pay attention, don't go to a fucking sporting event. What do you want me to fucking say? And by the way, to, to make it worse, Earl, it was, it was uh, I think she was like 12, the girl that got hit with the puck. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I was like, why would you waste a ticket on a 12-year-old who's not paying attention to the game? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I'm looking at me going, well, no, she fucking died. And now there's a fucking net up. And I was like, dude. <laughs> I thought she got some teeth knocked out. She might have got a concussion. No, she fucking died. No, Look, she got her life knocked out of her body. <laughs> Hit her so hard, it literally knocked a soul out of her body. Her, Look, her life force went down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the Louis C.K. way of, 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 of thinking about this. And Chris brought it up on a regimented last week. I'm not, you know, if if peanuts will kill you, that's horrible. We understand. We need to do everything we can to protect you. On the other hand, if a peanut <laughs> can kill you, maybe you don't really need to live. I mean, you know, maybe you need to die. Maybe there's that's that's nature's way of saying we got to remove you from the gene pool. I don't know. I mean, hey man. Natural selection. Darwin. Well, dude, seriously, if one person, if one person in the United States drank a whole fucking thing of, uh, 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 like something like hair, hair, uh, shampoo, okay, and for whatever reason died from it. Now, if they started putting all these regulations and and safety and children's locks and removing ingredients from shampoo to where it didn't work as well as it did before, when you go. This is one dumbass person. I mean, seriously, how many people have cut their fingers off using fucking Ginsu knives? We don't ban them fucking things. How many car accidents are there per year? You know what? How many people get into car accidents these days because they're too busy texting or looking at their fucking smartphone? We ain't banning that shit. And now I get to say, if Chicago people are listening to us right now, oh, they are pissed. They gave it up that quick? It is two to two, five minutes left in the third. Well, see, we don't know if they're going to be pissed yet because it's fi- it's a tie game right now with your partial score saying, from three days ago. It, when this it doesn't matter if Chicago wins or not, bro. <laughs> Seriously, if they're listening to this part of the show right now, they're pissed. Or they remember being pissed. Yep. And then they got happy real quick. Oh, shit. Well, anyways, since it looks like a game is going into overtime, maybe we should wrap this up so I can actually catch that game. So by the time next week rolls around and we talk about this shit, we're talking about shit that happened eight days prior. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Ooh, official review. Could be gold. We're doing our opening day update next week, right? 
Jesus Christ. I know he has no idea who Tom Mazaway is, but I'm going to start calling him that. <laughs> Between the partial score updates and being a time vampire, I mean, I don't... I, they do have similarities. <laughs> I swear to God, Earl, if you ever come to us talking about you want to do show and tell on a radio show, that's it. It's over with. We're finding a new co-host. Oh, people we do birthday. have video on this, right? I'm just checking. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have to Facebook Live so you can show and tell us your, your jersey collection. Yeah. <laughs> right, with that being said, uh, thank you, everybody who's listening to this downloaded. I, I, some NHL fan, or no, wait, it was a New Orleans fan uh, site the other day that has like 20,000 followers liked us and retweeted us. So we're getting out there. All right. People are liking us. They're, they're, they're liking our half-assed opinions, but I think we make it entertaining, too. So thank you to everybody. You can follow us at Sporgy Podcast on Twitter. Email the show, Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. We're on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. We do have a Facebook page. Earl, can I, I'm calling you out in front of everyone. All right, our Facebook page, we haven't been promoting it as much. It has two people who like it, all right? There's three people on this podcast. I'm just saying. I can't find it. <laughs> I can't find it. I've, I've looked for it. I can't find it. You're an admin. I have made you an admin. Anyway, oh, okay. Well, it's. I'll figure it out, and I'll get you the link. But, yeah, thanks to everybody who has listened, and we will catch you next week. All right. Later, guys. If I make it back next week. Bye, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.